This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. All you have to do, dial in toll-free on this live New Year's Eve edition of the show, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. And with you tonight, it's Ian. And Julia. And Mark. All right. So, of course, you can join us online over at freetalklive.com. All of the features we give to you there are totally free. And the website allows you, as a listener, to create the content. So if you find something online that you think is interesting, you just submit it as show prep over at freetalklive.com. And at that point, it appears on our upcoming stories page where it awaits a certain number of votes. And then once it receives that number of votes, it will make it to the front page and the top of the website. So head over, get interactive at freetalklive.com. As the year uh, is about to be wrapped out in the Eastern Time Zone, got about five more hours uh, until that point. It has already struck midnight over in uh, Greenwich Mean Time, I believe, at this point. So 2013 is here. It's so just not here yet. Are we certain that the Mayans uh, aren't going to come and destroy us all? Well, I'm sure there are some people that uh, you know believe that there's another end of the world date coming soon. There's always something else. Yeah. Uh, down the line. I just haven't heard what it is yet. So all kinds of stuff in the news uh, that we could be talking about here tonight and sort of a, uh, I guess, a, a story that we didn't get a chance to get to recently that might actually end up uh, being relevant to, well, I guess it's not really relevant to you today, but it's relevant tonight in that someone is probably going to be drinking tonight. Yeah, yeah, it's amateur, some, amateur night. Somewhere in the United States, somewhere around the world, <laughs> someone, someone will imbibe some alcohol. Will be drinking. They probably have already begun, some, as a matter of fact. You could say that every night of the year. Yeah, yeah. you certainly Somebody's can. Somebody's going to mix that with uh, firearms and explosives, too. But more so tonight. Uh, there's, you know, there's a good chance that some people who are drinking tonight aren't really drinking as much during the rest of the year. This is a, uh, as you call it, amateur night, Mark. Is that what you mean when you say that? Yeah, it's uh, you know the night of the year that supposedly people who are not uh, drinkers would be more likely to be out on the road and um, less likely to hold their alcohol. I mean, I think everybody would agree that some drunk drivers are more adept than others. <laughs> yes. Well, it's a good thing that uh, it's not prohibition times. I've been watching the Boardwalk Empire on Julia's recommendation uh, recently, and it's a pretty good show. It is good. I like it. Uh, it's an HBO uh, series that they've been doing for a couple of year, few years now. And there's a story here that is is not fresh at all. It is an old story from back in 1926, when apparently the government was poisoning alcohol back then. And I didn't know about this. No, I, I've never heard that. Uh, it was according to Slate.com, Christmas Eve 1926. The streets a glitter with snow and lights when the man afraid of Santa Claus stumbled into the emergency room at New York City's Bellevue Hospital. He was flushed, gasping with fear. Santa Claus, he kept telling the nurses, was just behind him, wielding a baseball bat. Before hospital staff realized how sick he was, the alcohol-induced hallucination was just a symptom. The man died. So did another holiday party-goer, and another. As dusk fell on Christmas, the hospital staffs tallied up more than 60 people made desperately ill wow. by alcohol, and eight had died from it. Within the next two days, yet another 23 people died in the city uh, from celebrating the season. Doctors were accustomed to alcohol poisoning by then. The routine of life in the Prohibition era, the bootlegged whiskeys and so-called gins often made people sick. The liquor produced in hidden stills frequently became tainted with metals and other impurities. But this outbreak was bizarrely different. These deaths, as investigators would shortly realize, had come courtesy 
of the U.S. government. Frustrated that people continue to consume so much alcohol even after it was banned, federal officials had decided to try a different kind of enforcement. They ordered the poisoning of industrial alcohols manufactured in the United States, products regularly Mm. stolen by bootleggers and then resold as drinkable spirits. Now, um, this actually was going on with marijuana, too. Uh, The United States government was poisoning marijuana fields in Mexico a few years back. I don't know if we read the story on the air. They were like crop dusting kind of poisoning? Or? You know, I don't, I don't remember how they went about it, hmm. but I do recall that, that part of it that, uh, you know, they, that's what they were doing. The idea was to scare people into giving up illicit drinking. Instead, by the time Prohibition ended in 1933, the federal poisoning program, by some estimates, had killed at least. Go ahead. Um, how many people? 300. 500. 10,000. Oh, my goodness. Are those people scared now? Oh, no, they're dead. Right. You can't scare dead people. Although mostly forgotten today, the chemist's war of prohibition remains one of the strangest and most deadly decisions in American law enforcement history. As one of its most outspoken opponents, Charles Norris... How many people went to jail for this? You mean the government guys? Yeah. That's a good question. Never, ever. Uh, It was legal, you know? Whatever they do is legal, even if it's taking people's lives. Whatever they do is legal. As one of its most outspoken opponents, Charles Norris. You would never send the farmer to jail for poisoning his cows. And the fact is, is that we are just livestock Mm. for these people. The chief medical examiner of New York City during the 20s liked to say it was our national experiment in extermination. Poisonous alcohol still kills. 16 people died just this month after drinking... Excuse me, drinking lethal booze in Indonesia, where bootleggers make their own brews to avoid steep taxes. But that's due to unscrupulous businessmen rather than government order. Well, it's still due to the fact that uh, the government exists and taxes alcohol and still still exist here in the United States as well, I might add. Well, I mean, I've, I think that people need um, need governing bodies. I think what the difference is is that, uh, you know, that you don't have any options. These people do what they want. Um, there's, no, there's no choices between which government you want and which one you don't. You're born into the government that you're born into. The United States government makes you get all kinds of papers to leave. There's an exit tax of 50% of your wealth if you're uh, wealthy enough. So, I mean, you know, essentially you're born into slavery. It's really no different than slavery's been all along. Slaves have been able to buy their freedom since time immemorial. Your thoughts are certainly welcome at 855-450-FREE. The author says, I learned of the federal poisoning program while researching my book, The Poisoner's Handbook, which is set in Jazz Age, New York. My first reaction was that I must have gotten it wrong. I never heard that the government poisoned people during Prohibition. Did you? I kept saying to friends, family members, colleagues. Of course, they're not going to put that in the history books. Now, are they? Mm. I've never heard of it. I did, however, remember the government's... You know, I don't know. Um, sometimes the government puts sort of anti-government stuff in, in their history books. I mean, they, they, they'll talk about... Uh, Anti-other governments, maybe. No, uh, anti-this government. Well, I mean, like the Japanese camps, for example, yeah, in California. That's a great one. Um, I don't remember learning about that in history. I do. I don't think that they went in any kind of real depth, but they definitely brushed over it. But And I think that the context that they brushed over it was things used to be so much worse back then but now we are in the age of enlightenment and we have learned our lessons and everything is great its use was primarily intended this by the way paraquat an herbicide which is what uh, the government used in 19 in the 1970s to spray mexican marijuana fields 
Its use was primarily intended to destroy crops, but government officials also insisted that awareness of the toxin would deter marijuana smokers. Because everybody gets the press releases from the government, right? I mean, whenever... Right. Especially pot smokers. Right. Whenever the government... They're scouring government press releases. ...decides to create a new government program, or in this case, poison a marijuana field or poison alcohol, and they put out a press release, it comes across every American's desk and everyone reads the newspaper, of course. Oh, wait a minute. No, most people these days don't read the newspaper. And even back then, you couldn't count on people to uh, keep up to date with what was going on with all of the government's regulations and such. It's ridiculous. So anyway, they echoed the official position of the 1920s. If some citizens ended up poisoned, well, they would brought it upon themselves. Although Paraquat wasn't really all that toxic, the outcry, outcry forced government to drop the plan. Still, the incident created an unsurprising lack of trust in government motives, which reveals itself in the occasional rumors circulating today that federal agencies such as the CIA mix poison into the illegal drug supply. During Prohibition, however, an official sense of higher purpose kept the poisoning program in place. As the Chicago Tribune editorial, uh, editorialized in 1927, saying... Normally, no American government would engage in such business. It is only the curious fanaticism of prohibition that any means, however barbarous, are considered justified, they wrote. Others, however, accused lawmakers opposed to the poisoning plan of being in cahoots with criminals and argued that bootleggers and their law-breaking alcoholic customers deserved no sympathy. Hmm. Must Uncle Sam guarantee safety first for souses, asked Nebraska's Omaha Bee newspaper. 855-453, wow. the SACL CAI toll-free line. More coming up tonight in the live New Year's Eve edition, Free Talk Live. Are you a fan of beer, liberty, and good conversation? Do you support freedom, peace, and voluntary interaction? Are you looking to meet others who think like you? Don't wait for your move to the Free State Project to get started when you can do something about it today. This is Amanda Mill, encouraging you to set up a Liberty on the Rots network near you to begin connecting and informing libertarian thinkers over drinks. Visit www.libertyontherocks.org. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything that you might like, 855-450-FREE. We'll continue uh, and take your phone calls in mere moments. 1-855-450-3733. Join us online over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we have waiting for you, and there are a lot of them on our website. We give them away, archives included. So if you've missed a moment of the show, it's not a problem. You can just click and download as many episodes of Free Talk Live as you would prefer. So go and enjoy at freetalklive.com. And you can also get more than just our archives from our SoundCloud page. If you're on freetalklive.com, look on the left-hand side. Under Listen and Share, you'll find our SoundCloud link there, or you can just type in soundcloud.freetalklive.com. And that'll allow you to access Free Talk Live's archives going back for years, as well as episodes of The Edgington Post, which is your interview series, Mark. That's right. That you will be resuming uh, next week, because it's hard, hard to, to get book people, people to do interviews yeah. this time of year. <laughs> hard to get booked, uh, people booked for interviews. I call it Christmas month. Yeah, yeah. Nobody works during Christmas month. Except the retail people. They work their yeah. butts off. Yep, so uh, so once again, go to freetalklive.com, download some archives, and enjoy. And know that Free Talk Live is brought to you by SACL CAI. Yep, SACL CAI is a company that handles accounts receivable. You can uh, see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right-hand side of the page. And, uh, you know, if you've got a business and you need to try something new in the area of uh, accounts receivable, SACL CAI can do it for you. Their employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers, treating them with respect. You can see 
their banner at freetalklive.com. It's top on the right-hand side of the page. Say cool. CAI. We'll come back and tell more of the story that uh, is particularly relevant on a night when people will be imbibing alcohol. Uh, most of it made, thankfully, in safe manufacturing conditions because we don't have alcohol prohibition today. But back when the country did have alcohol prohibition, turns out the government was actually poisoning some of the alcohol. Well, now that it has marijuana prohibition, it poisons some of the marijuana. Let's go to the phones. We'll continue that story in a moment. Let's go to talk to uh, Bobby. He's listening in Lakeland. Bobby, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. I'd like to wish you guys a uh, happy New Year's to everybody else listening. I'm really glad to hear you guys on tonight. Thanks. Thanks. Well, of course, we're here as, as many nights as we can possibly be, so glad to have you with us. Go ahead with your thoughts. Okay. Um, I was wanting to talk about, uh, which I'm getting very upset over hearing, the fiscal cliff. Um, the, uh, the Both sides now are... Uh, cave in, I guess, to the other side, and I guess they're not going to actually um, vote on all of it. And uh, the one particular thing that got me upset is the one to raise the estate tax, which is also known as death tax, from like 35.5% to almost 40%, mm. which I think is really wrong. I wanted to get your guys' um, thoughts about the fiscal cliff and um, uh, what you think about the death tax. Well, I mean, I'm against uh, every tax. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, the government is just an organization of men and women, and they don't have any right to get between, uh, you know, me and my and whatever I intend to do with my money is give it to my kids or whatever, um, and you and your kids. I, mm-hmm. I think that that um, you know that that that's usurpation, and, and they have no business doing that. Um, that the only way that they could do that is, is that if you were in some way owned by them, and that's how they act. So, um, you know, I'm against it from a fundamental standpoint. But I, I tend to think that um, you know the, the that the the death tax is a bad thing, um, in the sense that it uh, you know incentivizes people to you know not as earn, earn as much money. I mean, if the idea if taxing cigarettes is intended to have fewer people smoke, and that's what they'll tell you. And it worked on me when they added that dollar tax to uh, cigars and or forty cents to cigars, a dollar to to cigarettes when Obama took. Uh, over and I think it was 2009, April 2009, I stopped smoking because I wasn't going to pay a dollar to an um, an extra dollar to the uh, the federal government to smoke. Just wasn't going to do it. And so, what are they trying to disincentivize when they tax people? Um, you know, moving their money to their their kids. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I'm completely against the idea of taxes and the fiscal cliff thing. Seems to me, I have to admit, I haven't really spent much time on it because it seems to me it's like completely artificial. Like the right, it seems like the same old story that comes along every now and then, where the Republicans and Democrats they uh, they have a little spat, and then they you know talk about how they just can't come to an agreement on some budget or whatever, and oh my God, we're going to shut down the state if it doesn't happen. I don't know if they've actually said that with the fiscal cliff, but I did hear recently that they were threatening to release violent criminals from prison. Yeah, <laughs> we just because can't. they couldn't release all of the nonviolent ones, well, right? Because they want people, they want it to look like a really bad situation. Oh my God, it's so dangerous! Out, we're gonna if we hit this fiscal cliff, we're just gonna have to release some murderers and rapists, right? It's it's uh, just like this threat against people. 
Right. It's not like they can just shut down some other portions of their ginormous federal monolithic government and, you know, cut the cost that way. No, we've got to go first to the prisoners and release violent criminals into society. Also, we're not going to put out any fires for houses that are burning. I mean, this is what they're doing, though. I mean, this is the kind of scare tactics that they're using to get people. I don't know. I don't know what the, the point of it is to just make people think like, oh, my God, if the government fails, then violent people will be running everywhere in the streets. And I just, you know, without government come to some, uniforms, like you said, Bobby, they're going to come to some kind of a last minute agreement where each side scratches each other's back. And uh, whew, whew, we were just saved at the last moment. Wow, we did it. Good Go thing to work together. Right. Good thing our men in Washington and women in Washington are really looking out for us in the country. But now we don't have to release that murderer from jail. Thank goodness. That's kind of how I interpret the whole thing. But like I said, I haven't been paying close attention. What, do you, what about you, Bobby? What do you think? Um, I thought that was a pretty good. Um, uh, it was a pretty good answer on y'all on y'all's part. I mean, I'm pretty much with you. I think the uh, the taxes are, are are pretty ridiculous. I mean, I wouldn't wish um, I wouldn't wish a tax increase on my worst enemy. And um, I want one more question about: um, Do you think the unemployment benefits should be extended? The federal um, extension on unemployment from like 27 weeks to like 99 weeks, and they got like this algorithm that they use if. Your state is, you know, X amount of percent unemployed, then you can go X amount of time. But do you believe that there should be unemployment, and should do you think it should be federally extended? Well, I think it's complicated. Um, they've inserted themselves in a legitimate marketplace, uh, you know, area. People do want to have insurance for when they lose jobs, and they've essentially got a uh, monopoly on it because you are forced to pay something like 12 to 15 percent uh, for this insurance, of your paycheck for this insurance. So I essentially what I think is is that uh, people should be – uh, you know, the the money that they've paid in should be paid back to them. Um, it, you know, and to that point, and after that, and point, no further than and that. no further than that. Simply because it's a government program. If it was a private program that offered twenty six or ninety nine weeks or however many weeks it offered, it should fulfill whatever the um, the you know, the obligation was that it it said. So, if well, you, I would expect a private program would uh, you know would want to make sure that person was looking for new work, sure, uh, rather than just right. handing out cash. I don't imagine the federal government spending or any government is spending any time uh, making sure that uh, you are looking do for they a job. i don't know what does it take to get the unemployment checks i don't know when i got unempl- when i got uh, laid off or fired or whatever it was for my job that i went looking for unemployment i went to the unemployment office they gave me a telephone number to call um it seemed just too bureaucratic and i never mm-hmm. called it i just went out and got a job so i actually applied for unemployment here in new hampshire because i had gotten fired <clears throat> this as a was- state program Many years ago. Yes. And my mom scared the crap out of me and was like, oh, my God, you're not going to get a job forever. You need to go get unemployment. And I have paid unemployment tax for a long time, so I didn't feel too guilty about that. You can do it online. So I did it online and it took so long for them to get back with like even the first step. I had a job and got a first (laughs) paycheck before I even like heard, heard back from, from them. Yeah. Bobby, thanks for the questions and the call tonight. Appreciate it. Uh, be safe out there if you're on the roads. And thanks for the call. 855-450-FREE. SACL CAI toll free line. We're here live. New Year's Eve edition of Free Talk Live. More about the government poisoning alcohol in moments and your calls. 
Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and two XM channels. FTL has also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. I'll work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me, Mark, at Mark at freetalklive.com. Talk Live, toll-free number tonight, 855-453. Same number as always, but the final edition of Free Talk Live for the year 2012. I love the uh, importance of these dates. You know, you know, 2013 is uh, the most recent year since 1987 no. where we had all different numbers. God, it's, oh, like, really? it's like neurotics get to play with these numbers. Um, <laughs> you know... You know, twelve, twelve, twelve was the last day that we're going to have some, you know, arbitrary fixed number. You should ask Mr. Tackpans what he thinks about that. Uh, I don't have any idea. Just Mr. Tackpans, what does twenty thirteen mean to you? And then just let him talk. <laughs> I. Uh... You didn't get great reviews on that. Uh, what do you mean? A lot of people th- felt like you were you were teasing a crazy man when you did that uh, that article, right? I don't recall getting that feedback. No. I got. I heard a lot of that. Did you didn't look online? I um, looked online. People Facebook. seemed to enjoy it. Okay, lots I mean, of people didn't. Whatever. What All can right. you do? Now, what can you do? Did I Mr. Tackpans enjoy the interview? I thought it was kind of funny. Did he enjoy the interview? A bit of it. I, I don't know. Yeah, did he? he did. He okay, thanked great. us afterwards. Excellent. On on his video channel. Excellent. Thank you to Free Talk. <laughs> Free Talk. <laughs> So I wasn't mean to Mr. Tackpans. We no, had a good weren't. time with him. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, we'll continue the story about alcohol being poisoned back during Prohibition. And also, still to come here tonight, of course, January 1st means new laws come into effect. And Julia has quite the doozy out of Concord, Massachusetts. Uh, we'll tell you more about that one. But it's going to ban something that almost everyone... Listening to the sound of this radio show tonight that almost everyone has probably possessed at one point, maybe even recently. No, oh, probably in the last Maybe year. even in the last day or week, you may have uh, possessed this particular item. So we'll get to that too. But first, uh, David is listening in our very own Keene, New Hampshire, to Liberty 94.3. Hey, David. Hello. Hi, David. What's on your mind tonight? I heard you guys talking last night about everyone having a, their own definition for freedom, and I was wondering if you'd go into more detail with your definition. Well, I wasn't privy to this conversation because yeah, I wasn't here last night. Well, I think that people do have their own definitions of freedom. Um, you know, I mean, people have their own definitions for every word out there. I think that yep. uh, you know the, the best definition for freedom is uh, something along the lines of uh, something that's universal, something that allow that uh, says that um, you know you shouldn't initiate force against other people, um, and that's that's pretty universal. If nobody initiated force, there wouldn't be any force used. Um, so for me, that's uh, that's what freedom means, the, the ability to do whatever you want so long as you don't harm um, or commit fraud against another individual. Julia, any additions or thoughts? No, I was that? just going to say the last the exact same thing basically is the last last part of that. I yep. guess I should initiate harm or initiate fraud against another individual. Yeah, I'm on board with that definition. What do you think, David? What, what about your, your definition? Well, my thoughts are if you're not you know, doing harm to others and doing what you want, that's all good. But where is the difference between freedom and anarchy? 
Well, anarchy is a discussion or a, you know, a term that describes the lack of something, right? So the lack of rulers in this case, or the, some would say the lack of rules, but I think the accurate definition is, is the absence of rulers. Is that, is that correct? That, well, I mean, an autocracy is the, uh, the rule by autocrats. A plutocracy is a rule by plutocrats. So an anarchy would be the absence of rulers, I guess. Yeah. Of course, anarchy is commonly interpreted as total chaos, violence in right. the streets, destruction, and, and that sort of thing. And I think that uh, you know we're not talking about the same thing when you talk about freedom versus anarchy. You can still have private property under freedom and in those, uh, in those private property zones have whatever rules that uh, you might want. And of course, it's your freedom to set those rules as a private property owner. So there could be a variety of uh, less restrictive to more restrictive types of uh, private property under that situation. And it's also you, you have the freedom to go where you want. So if I don't like well, as long your as you're rules, allowed to go there. Right. If I don't like your rules, I don't have to be here. I could leave. Right. You could go to someone else's property where you are uh, welcome or your own property where you'll definitely be welcome in that case. So, no, freedom is not anarchy, I, I think is the answer. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Anything else you want to share or thoughts? No, no. Thank you for clearing that up. Hey, thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you at 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. So I went down to Florida the, you know, for the Christmas break, and I was having a conversation with my good friend Julian. And um, we was going out for – actually went out for a couple of different meals and uh, kind of continued a conversation from one to another. And you know, the, the, the term anarchy was thrown out. Um, and this is, this is a common term used by the – Thrown gov- out by? Uh, Julian. Uh-huh. Um, this is a you – know, a common tactic, uh, t- you know, employed by people of uh, who support the status quo for whatever reason against people who support some kind of new, different thing. You want anarchy, and right. Um, and I'd like to point out that during the English Revolution in the mid seventeenth uh, century, you're talking about the mid sixteen hundreds here. They would call people who didn't want a state religion anarchists, hmm. and that was, you know, I mean that that's what it, you know, this was the term that they used to describe, it. and people have. Uh, Use the same term to describe the colonists here in the United States. And I mean, basically, all these things have come to fruition. So we're living in anarchy as described by the, the rulers at that time. Um, so, I mean, if you're if you're petrified of anarchy, this is what it looks like. That's what the rulers of this time of that time described what we have today. So uh, I think anarchy is just an epithet. Um, it's just uh, is that right? Epitaph? There's one of them is written on a tombstone. The other one's uh, a mean thing to say. Um, epitaph. I'm not sure. Anyway, um, Epithet? Epithet? I'm not sure. I, I've got to look I'll it up. Look it up and, for and you. It's, it's not like it truly matters. Um, <laughs> so it's just this, this term that's employed in order to dismiss new ideas. But who within the sound of my voice doesn't believe that we're going to have some kind of new, different governmental system at some point in the future? I mean, really, you think someone that, delusional would. You think, think that. that this is it? The Democratic Republican, Repu- Republic sort of. Uh, model is the end-all, be-all of governments. This is the end of time that the Constitution of the United States truly is this God-inspired uh, document and nothing could be made better? Really? That's what you think? I mean, the, uh, governments have evolved in the 9,000 years that there have been states around since the Agricultural Revolution when it became uh, you know, financially expedient to enslave people um, for on a mass scale in order to get them to work uh, farms ever since 
you know, the the the, the aggression, the the state began nine thousand years ago till now. There have been progressions and changes and evolutions in the state. Sometimes there have been leap forward in the state in the sense. That- I don't like the way you say evolution for the state. It makes it sound like things are improving to some extent. Is the- evolution necessarily improving? I'm asking because I'm not. I think sure. generally, yes. I, I think, know. you know, it's survival of the fittest, right? So over time, the the best survive through evolution. There's a tug of but war between, um, you, you know, the, the, the desire to enslave people and the desire to be free. I think that you can argue that the state, if you want to say it has, is, you know, changed in some way, has changed to be more subtle in its means. Like, it, the ultimate... You know, the base level of what it does hasn't changed. It's controlling people and extracting wealth and obedience from them. That has never changed over all the thousands of years that the idea of the state has been around. But what has changed is its sneakiness and its devious, you know, deviousness in, in achieving this goal and cloaking itself in legitimacy as opposed to just being, you know, some man in a field with a whip. Now you've got a man with a badge and a uniform and a legislature that tells that man with a badge what what to well, do as opposed to a master in a house. And don't forget that the average individual has the tie-breaking vote um, in the choice between which the Democrats or the Republican slave masters. Or that's what they want you to think. Well, you do have the tie-breaking vote, I think, um, unless the elections are fixed. I don't understand what you mean by the tie-breaking vote. Because I'm the sorry. only vote that matters is the tie-breaking vote. If you voted, the average individual never has that vote. Right, I'd almost. Like to, never. I'd like to make that clear to the okay. average individual listening to this show that Barack Obama won New Hampshire right. by thirty-three thousand votes. If I would have voted for or against him, my vote wouldn't have mattered. Right. He still would have taken New Hampshire. So, therefore, consider strongly what you think about the voting process. Sure, and if he, even if he hadn't, you know, won, then Master would have been someone else named Mitt Romney. Right. right, right. And, Nothing really changes. What were you going to say? Well, you were talking about slaves and masters and comparing them to government. Um, Basically, you were saying that governments in history were like slave drivers. I guess I was kind of confused about the way that you made that comparison. Okay, sure. We can come back and talk about that. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever you would like. Also, the Prohibition story continues in moments. This is Free Talk Live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. You likely buy all kinds of things online. Amazon is the largest online retailer. You can get what you need at the same prices with free super saver shipping by going to shop.freetalklive.com. Please do your online shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's the live New Year's Eve edition of the program. And, of course, we'll take your calls about anything that you want at 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. If you like the show and would like to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us. Head over to shop.freetalklive.com and you'll find links to different internet retailers. Uh, the primary one is Amazon, Amazon Canada, US, UK. All three of them are there. Just click into the one that's right for you and get your shopping taken care of. Get the same great Amazon deals you're used to. The same huge selection, which of course, as you know, if you are an Amazon user regularly, you know they even carry used items That's true. at Amazon. 
So the same great selection, same great prices. You're just entering through our affiliate link. So Free Talk Live is given a portion of the purchase price. You can get your shopping done and help Free Talk Live all at the same time by going to shop.freetalklive.com. And the Free State Project, you need to know about it because it is happening as we speak. Over 1,100 liberty-loving people have come to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. For the most part, there's a couple of them that were here already. A few few of them were already here, but uh, most of them have made the, the move here as part of the Free State Project. And over 13,000 people have pledged to make that move to New Hampshire to get active for liberty in our lifetime, because the only viable oper- uh, the only viable option, in my opinion, to actually achieve some semblance of freedom is to get together with other people who feel like you, you and I do. If presuming, of course, you love the ideas of freedom and actually want to see it happen sometime in our lifetime, go to freestateproject.org, learn more about the project, get signed up, and help us get to that twenty thousand number. The Free State Now campaign, by the way, uh, apparently Mark is. Been uh, has new life breathed into it. JJ, who was uh, formerly the co-host on Thursday nights on this show, has taken the reins. That's right. Um, you know the the free state the, the the new president of the Free State Project has uh, been very excited about uh, Free State now. I have not had time to pursue it like I did in the past. Free uh, Free Talk Live with the economic downturn just wasn't bringing in the money like it was two years ago. So um, you know I've had to concentrate as a salesperson on that rather than just kind of skating along and taking people's orders like I did. For uh, you know a year there, mm-hmm. and it was it was nice. I got to say, but um, yeah. and I was able to concentrate on Free State now, and you know grow the amount of uh, signers for the Free State project uh, by doing so, and you know things were going pretty well, but. I just didn't have time, and uh, so Free State now languished. And uh, you know, JJ has picked it up. Um, you know, Carla Garecki, Garrick, I'm not sure. Garrick. Yeah, the the Queen Quill of the uh, the Free State Project uh, got behind it, and I think it's uh, I think it's awesome. So the idea I'm is excited. to accelerate the pace of signups for the Free State Project. They are deciding that the end of 2014 is their new goal, but they need some funding. There's a new Facebook page that's been created mm-hmm. for it. Anyway, I just I mentioned that because I thought it's a cool There's, idea. I'm glad that people are focusing on. Picking up the speed. I still have money from um, the, the sort of previous iteration mm-hmm. of uh, Free State Now, and um, I'm, I'll be able to, you know, give a little bit of help early on. Um, but you know, we'll see how that goes. Cool. So go to freestateproject.org, get signed up for the Free State Project, and make the move as soon as possible. You don't have to wait until we reach twenty thousand participants to make the move. Once you know, the official story is once the Free State Project reaches twenty thousand, there's then a five year window uh, in which people can move to New Hampshire. But It'd be better if you could move sooner than that. I mean, the sooner you can get here, the better, because with the early movers like us and the 1,100 people that are here have had a really positive effect. Uh, and there have been you – know, there's yeah, this – the, the so, groundwork's laid. Right. I mean, we talked last week about this uh, this politician who was complaining because the free staters are the biggest threat to the state, in her opinion, also. just that's with 1,100 movers. Yep, just with uh, state, I guess is yep, the term. just with a couple of uh, just just a couple days ago, NewHampshire.com posted its third in a series of three weekly uh, articles, lengthy articles about the Free State Project, and this is published by the top newspaper in the state, the Union Leader. And just uh, in the article that was most recent, the first one was kind of generally about the Free State Project. The second one was about people that are not in favor of the Free State Project, both Republicans and Democrats. Uh, And then the third article is all about what's coming next for the Free State Project. And one of the things they said in there was that there's little doubt that the Free State Project has established a foothold in New Hampshire. No doubt. Uh, So the Libertarian Party, 
they've been trying for 40 years to establish a foothold anywhere, and they've been unable to uh, to do that. The Free State Project has established a foothold, has become the greatest threat to the state in less than a decade's time. The move started back in late 2003, less than a decade's time, and with less than 1,000 people moving. It's tremendous. It's and tremendous. It's going to get better as more people join. So go to freestateproject.org and also check out the Liberty Forum at freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. We're going to be there. A bunch of great speakers like Corey Doctorow, uh, Declan McCullough from CNET. Also, Tom Woods is the keynote, one of the two keynote speakers. The second keynote speaker has yet to be announced. I've heard rumors that the Liberty Forum price is going to increase in the new year, so probably would be a good idea to go there tonight and get your early bird tickets at freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. That's happening February 21st through the 24th. So don't miss that opportunity to get up here and check out New Hampshire. And most importantly, check out the community of liberty-minded people that is here. There's quite the variety of folks here. So, Julia, you said you wanted to clarify something I said about uh, sure. governments changing over time. Mark said it was evolution. I said that seems like too positive a connotation to, for my <laughs> tastes. Okay. So you were saying that governments today are sneakier um, than they used to be. And I, I guess I'm not sure if I necessarily agree with that. I mean, I, I think over time, over 9,000 years, they've probably gotten sneakier. But mm-hmm. I think that governments in the past, like you mentioned, that they were uniform and a badge today. They've had a variety of uniforms for a long time. So, you know, and I think that people 500 years ago definitely uh, felt that the king was legitimate and things like that. So I think there were always people that thought that government was legitimate. And then you were comparing them to slave masters. You were saying, uh, so governments are sneakier today because they're not out there cracking the whip. And when I picture somebody cracking a whip, I'm thinking of like slave masters, which isn't necessarily government. So I understand the correlation between government and slave masters but i'm not sure that you use you're that right correctly. i mean government hasn't ever been out in the fields uh, that i know of or at least not in our lifetimes uh, cracking a whip i mean you could argue that back in you know the days of uh main ancient cultures government might have been a little bit more obviously carrying weapons and and hurting its uh, its people um so i mean i don't claim to be a historical expert on these sorts of things it just seems like over time uh the government has been more successful at covering up the violence that they ultimately are, you know, that backs every government program. I'm going to stick with evolution. I think that predators evolve, and I don't think that there's any problem with using the term evolution. I think it's a neutral term. It is a positive uh, term. And the, you know, parasites evolve. Um, The government really, you know, the people people in the government are a parasite class, whether they like it or not. And many of them try very hard to do really great jobs. I'm I'm thinking for a second here, uh, police officers, firefighters, garbage men, people that do a necessary, necessary jobs. But however, when it's uh, moved into the government sphere, uh, you know, the, the monopolistic state sphere, mm-hmm. well, the, the incentives change. Um, you know, here in New Hampshire, uh, we have, you know, where we are in New Hampshire, there's no government uh, trash collection. Now, if you want somebody to come tr- collect your trash, you know, they you put up an arrangement. It's relatively easy. You, get you your hire trash somebody. Put up. Yeah, you hire somebody. And the cost is about the same as to what it cost in Sarasota, Florida, where we had – Is uh, it? It's about the same. Um, what did you pay back in Sarasota? Yeah, it was like 25 30 bucks Per month? month. 
Okay. Yeah. But well, the difference was is I had to put my trash in like nine different bins and <laughs> my sticks had to be, um, you know, no longer than 36 inches and bundled and like they had all kinds of rules. Whereas, um, you know, they weren't providing me a service in the same way that the trash guys will, you know, the trash guys here, you can put your sticks any way you want. Now, look, if we have to do more work, we're going to charge you more money. But that's how it went is, is that there's actually service in the customer service when it comes to a voluntary situation, whereas customer service goes out the window when you've got to pay for trash collection, whether you're putting trash out or not. When I was in Florida, there was mandatory recycling, and I think there's mandatory recycling in most places in the United States at this not point. Here. Not here, no. Um, at, and least actually, not in, at least not in Keene. There may be, it may be true, and I've heard maybe in other towns in I'm New sure it's it true, is. but not in Keene, at least not yet. So in Florida, I remember I... The trash guy was mad that some like peanut butter jar wasn't washed out enough, and he mm-hmm. dumped the entire bucket of recyclables just on the lawn. So I had to go and I've pick it up. Too. And <laughs> I've had them reject trash before, but they just leave it there in like a neat little pile. And I think that they didn't realize it was trash because it was like a bin that I wanted them to get rid of. And I think oh, yeah. they thought it was. It's really a hard bin. to throw away garbage cans. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Well, I mean, it wasn't a garbage, a garbage can. can. It wasn't a garbage it. can. <laughs> it was a bin that I needed to get rid of, and. They just, they, I think they think it's a garbage bin. But here, but here, um, you can, I mean, Ian doesn't use garbage cans to throw his away because of the, you know, critters that might, you know, go about. You use kind of the, 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 the low setting bins. I found the, since then, uh, Garbage cans that actually have a, a like kind of a locking top to them. It's true, but they can still push them over. Yeah, but if the top's locked, then it won't do any good if they push it over. More coming up. 855-450-FREE. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. Hour two's next. Hi, this is Mark Edge, host of Free Talk Live. We've been witnessing a meltdown of the very economic engine that powers this country. With a printing press tethered to Washington politicians, bureaucrats, and central bankers, how can we put our trust in paper money? For years, I've been buying gold and silver from Midas Resources, and you should too. Come see gold.freetalklive.com or call 877-357-9938 for a free book titled 10 Reasons to Own Gold. With Washington, D.C. delivering more debt and printed promises, common sense tells us the future of the trend is obvious. Everyone listening should visit gold.freetalklive.com or call 877-357-9938. I trust Midas Resources for my gold, silver, platinum, and you can too. Again, I want you to have this book, and it's free. It's gold.freetalklive.com or 877-357-9938. 877-357-9938. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want. Toll free at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online over at freetalklive.com. And all the features that we share with you on the site are shared with you for free. So enjoy over at freetalklive.com with you tonight. It's Ian. And Julia. And Mark. Julia is here courtesy of a different show. She is a regular on Puke and the Gang once a week. Part of the gang. That's right. I am. Over at pukeandthegang.com. You've started doing live shows now on Sunday afternoons. I I don't know if those are going to continue, but I've heard they are. So pukeandthegang.com. If you can't get them live, then you can always grab their podcast. Uh, We'll go to the phones here, but I wanted to point something out quickly. Uh, Before the the news break, Julia, you had brought up 
kind of, uh, I guess, needling me a little bit on my point about government uh, getting more subtle over time with its methods of uh, enforcement. And I got, I've, I thought of a better example. So, you know, you go back in uh, a couple hundred years and you have examples of governments sort of showing off their violence, like uh, cutting people's heads off, for instance, in France. Uh, that would be a good example of that. Uh, having people come to physically watch these things go on. And today that doesn't really happen. You don't get to just go and watch them execute somebody in one of their uh, jail facilities. There are certain people who are invited to do to do this, like family members from what I understand, but you just don't get to walk in and, and view a public execution. Similarly, just from, you know, I believe some people would. Sure they would. Uh absolutely they would. Uh but if you also look back in, you know, Vietnam era, there was a lot more coverage of military deaths, uh, for instance. The, you know, they're not covering that now. They're, you know, you can't take photos of the coffins now. So they're, they're more careful. I think they're more, you know, they're, they're smarter about what kind of level of violence they let on, what kind of level of violence people are aware of. Because they don't want to be connected to that. They want people to see them you as their protectors. You mean violence towards its own citizens. Right. Yeah. If I wasn't clear, that's exactly what, uh, what I mean. Okay. So I think that there's some, uh, some evidence for that. And of course, as people have become more intelligent and better educated, because before people were able to be kept in the dark, most folks weren't able to read. Uh, you know, the, the average peons were certainly not educated. It was a lot easier to keep them clueless about what was really going on. If they were uh, indeed clueless, it's hard, to, it's hard to know. There's, you know, history of uh, the lower classes that's, is, is, you know, notoriously badly preserved. I mean, there's just not much of it. Generally, knowledge read, is power. If you can't read, you don't have much knowledge. I mean, typically, yeah, right. there's verbal traditions and things like that, but reading's always been something that really sets people apart. I'm not 100% sure what uh, you know, serfs in uh, sort of medieval Europe thought about their kings and lords. I, I just don't know. I imagine they thought different things about them as we do today. Right. I, I mean, I obviously have no idea, but I think that there definitely were people back then that felt that they were legitimate like people do today. And to just expand on your point, I I do see what you're saying, and you're probably right. I'm certainly no history expert. Me neither. But also, times were different back then, and the uh, the way that things were communicated, we didn't have the internet, obviously, and television and all of those things. So nowadays, you find out about executions. You don't necessarily go watch them public, but that information is still out there. Well, we're starting to see a change, I think, now because of the spread of information, because it's so easy to access you know, the truth about what really goes on, because all it takes is someone to upload a video to YouTube, and then all of a sudden you get to see how some police actually behave. So a lot of that was easier for them to cover up 24, you know, 20, 30 years ago, because we didn't have the access to media that uh, we do today. So I think that that we're seeing a reversal of uh, people being ignorant about what uh, what government does. But overall, over time, I think they've been become sneakier and sneakier. Like the legal system, for instance, they've had to create that to, uh, to make their violence look more legitimate and also confuse people with their legal terms, which don't necessarily mean what they look like they mean. And they can kind of, you know, keep the wool pulled over relatively educated people's eyes. I mean, people 
most people can read today, at least in the United States. Most people are able to, you know, use the internet and do some level of research there and inform themselves on things. But it's still a whole other world to try to crack into the legal code, to try to really understand what it is that's going on with the legal system and the cr- criminal charges you might be facing and, and all the Latin that they throw at you. So they still are doing their best to cover up their violence. It's not even Latin. Changing. I mean, just written in English, it's it's ponderously yeah. difficult to read a law and understand it because it often refers to laws that aren't there. Like it's just yeah. they're not complete. They're not uh, you know readable in sort of an everyday sense. They're just they're 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 garbage uh, in the way that they're written. They're not written in English. Right. It's it's designed to confuse people. But they wouldn't have had to do it like that back, you know, a few hundred years ago or several hundred years ago because not as many people would even be able to begin to pick up a, a law book. I'm not saying they didn't do it back then, but they wouldn't have had to be so concerned uh, with that because it's all been about pulling the wool over people's eyes, especially more so recently. And we're starting to see that break away due to people being able to seize the tools of the media for themselves. The control is no longer as simple uh, for the government as simply having, you know, a controlled media that they've licensed and that they've told, you know, you must do this and this and this in order to have our broadcasting permits and that sort of thing. Now you can just do your own thing without asking permission. There was a poll, and I think it came out in 2010. It said something about the the legitimacy of government. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you you remember this uh, this poll? Maybe. And it was uh, like... 12% 12% of uh, respondents uh, felt that the government, I think it was represented them or something like that. I don't remember exactly what it was, but the, the sta- it was stunning, the low number, uh, the 12% number sticks in my mind. And then they said if you removed the, what they called the political class, it pushed the number down to like, I remember that. Below 9% uh, and above 8%. Those polls make you feel good. It makes you feel like there's, uh, you know, this, this class of people out there that are just silent and they're just silently seething at the state and not knowing what to do about it. Of course, all the while along, they stand for the judges when they come in the room and do as they're told and pay every single uh, tax they're told to pay and obey every regulation they're told to pay. So they may not think they're, uh, they're legitimate, but they sure do act like it. And actions are what really matter. Anyway, let's go to the phones, and you're welcome to share your thoughts. Colin is on the line listening in Nashua to XM Satellite Radio's America's Talk. Hey, Colin. Ian, Julia, Mark, how y'all doing today? Hey, great. What's on your mind tonight? Good. Um, I just want to. I just want to um, run through, um, you know, some of my predictions of um, what we can expect to see next year. Oh, sure. Got some uh, predictions. Kind of rail them all off and uh, kind of didn't get y'all get y'all take from it. Okay. Great. Yeah. Okay. So uh, the first thing I see uh, is first thing I see is unemployment. I think the rate is probably going to go about two percent more from the real rate. We see this uh, this phony eight point six rate that Obama's touting. Um, before before he got reelected, and you know, I mean, obviously, I think it's a, I think that's a joke, and I'll probably presume y'all think as well. But well, uh, yeah, I, 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 I mean, think that uh, that I think that number doesn't uh, portray sort of uh, real unemployment. Um, what I think is better is the um, the participation rate, and if you subtract the unemployment rate from the participation rate, you have something like fewer than forty uh, percent, larger than forty percent, sort of unemployed you know, adults unemployed um, in that number. And I think that that kind of will give people a much better uh, picture of, of what unemployment looks like. But so you're suggesting that the government's unemployment rate will be 10.6 or higher? 
Well, uh, Ron Paul, uh, Ron Paul has stated that uh, the unemployment rate is more like eleven percent. Okay, and I would, I would, ten, I would tend to agree with that. And um, you know, that's the kind of rate that uh, that I would, I would lean more towards. So I feel like it's going to go up uh, about two percent more over the course of the year. Uh, the next one is I see, um, you know, ten percent more of Americans uh, falling for unemployment benefits and uh, welfare benefits. Um, we've seen already that um, when Obama first got elected that there were 32 million people on welfare, and now it's increased to 47 million people on welfare. So I see that that's going to continue to increase. They're, marketing, also, they're marketing strongly to uh, people as far as uh, you know, take our welfare. We've got lots of it. Take it, take it, take it. Yeah, they have. <laughs> There's actually people in foreign yeah. countries getting it. Yeah. Also, uh, I see uh, 20% more corporations uh, going out of business, uh, we are, we already see a lot of big names that are closing down their stores, or or some who have closed wider their stores. And so I see that increasing. Uh, next one, I and well, stand by, Colin. We'll let you do a few more here in a moment. We got to get some other folks and their thoughts for uh, for tonight's live New Year's Eve edition of Free Talk Live eight five five four fifty free. And that's not a bad uh, suggestion. Maybe you've got some predictions for uh, twenty thirteen or New Year's resolutions you want to share. Eight five five four fifty free. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. Puke in the Gang, the podcast for grumpy young men, brings you issues. We were talking about raping babies. I love Nazis. Beast Jesus. News. New York shuts down vibrator giveaway. Here's a fun story out of uh, Spain. El Correo. No, wait, that's a newspaper. Personal stories. I kicked a windshield once because I was angry. I just got annoyed and I wanted to die. I know all the words to get jiggy with it. I have a horribly tiny penis. Responsible journalism. I'm drinking my liquor. When we do the show, we're generally drunk. Pukeinthegang.com. And cake. We talk live. Toll-free number here tonight, 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and you can join us online. Just head on over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that you will find on our website. We've got a bulletin board system where you can get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners. Go to bbs.freetalklive.com to do that. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. If you're looking for camping, hunting, survival, or shooting gear, manventureoutpost.com is the place to go. They've got the name brands that you want at the lowest prices on ammunition, knives, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, optics, firearm accessories, archery, air guns, holsters, water purification, tents, apparel, boating equipment, and more. I was uh, just talking to somebody online today, um, and they were looking for ammunition, and I suggested manventureoutpost.com. They were happy with the selection. Uh, I guess it's hard to get ammunition right now, and manventureoutpost.com has it in stock. Ooh, wow. So uh, go there to get the ammunition that you need at manventureoutpost.com. They're family-owned, members in good standing, the Better Business Bureau, and have the lowest prices. Go check for yourself. Get it quick. Get it from manventureoutpost.com. All right, so 855-453, the Sickle CAI toll-free line. We've got Colin on the line in Nashua, New Hampshire. He's got some predictions he's been rattling off for us for the year 2013. Uh, go ahead and continue. You said you had a few more. Okay, yeah. Um, so, yeah, the next one is um, I see grocery item prices uh, rising between 3 to 5%, and I also see manufacturers um, shrinking product size, 
by five to ten percent. I'd say that's a safe prediction. Yeah, it just keeps on going on. The uh, they can only shrink so much, though. I mean, I for instance, the local grocer that I use has finally shrunk their ice cream uh, containers. Used to be it was two liters, I believe, was a standard for ice cream. It's now down to one point five, and it was all the big brands that went first. It was the same way with their yogurt containers too. But the ice cream they they held out as long as they could, it seemed, and then they finally cut back to the one point five liter ice cream containers in fact they're they're switching over as we speak there's still a few of the the two liters left on the <laughs> on the shelves but you know they they can only cut back so far right like if they were to cut that back much further you won't be able to fit the scoop in the uh, the box and people will start to notice that stuff yes they certainly will so at some yeah. point they're just going to have to raise grocery prices because that's the reason why they cut back on the sizes is so they can keep the shelf price the same and hopefully well, they, sneak in the lower amount they trot it out 25% more and they don't mention that well the price has gone up well, yeah. the the 25% more label can come if they when they raise the price, right? right. So they raise the price, they go back to the old container yes. in right. size and then, you know, they start the process all over again. Well, one thing I'm noticing is um what they will do is they will slightly shrink it to make it subtle so it's like it's actually shrunk and then they will keep it that way for a while, mm-hmm. then they will slowly raise the price and then they will shrink it again. So they kind of like go like back and forth oh, yeah. so you really don't notice it that much. I've kind of seen that. For example, like orange juice, um, you know, that goes to the market basket is uh, two ninety nine, and it was sixty four ounces. But now it's two ninety nine, and it's like sixty ounces. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I did notice they raised the price a little bit. So yeah, I feel like they're gonna go back and forth with that. Uh, but yeah, the, yeah, I, I agree with y'all absolutely, guys. Um, next one, I was um, uh, next one is about two plus million Americans. I will see are, are going to take a second job uh, to make ends meet. Um, I also see uh, one million Americans will expatriate to another country, and the last—it's hard to get these numbers. I, uh, the expatriation numbers are very difficult to get. Uh, you know, you kind of have to put to co- cobble them together from several different uh, locations. I agree. But, but the numbers have been going up, and it's generally not poor people rushing off to other countries. Although there's some um, yeah. there's some reasons why they might. Uh, usually it's uh, it's people who make uh, a good deal of money that are going. With this new global world, I can sit, as long as I've got an internet connection, I can sit and say the uh, uh, you know the Channel Islands, which have uh, low tax rates there between France and Great yeah. Britain, and I can do a lot of the work that I would otherwise do from there, uh, or you know, Iceland, or you, you, you know, Costa Rica. You pick your haven that people claim is a, a better place to live for folks that believe in liberty, and you know, it, it it's beginning to make more and more sense. Colin, give me one more prediction for 2013. Okay, well, can I quick comment back what, what yeah, Mark sure. said real quick? Yeah, um, and um, and yeah, I agree with you, Mark. And I think I think if more uh, Americans knew about you know. You know the Free State Project and other, you know, these developing, I guess, other Free State movements. I feel like maybe more Americans will uh, kind of stay here and try to, like, you know, take take the alternative and try to make things work out. But the last one is, um, I also foresee uh, Obama withholding federal funding from states who don't want to adopt stricter gun laws. Mm-hmm. Uh, places like New Hampshire, Texas, North Dakota. Um, won't probably need federal funding just because that uh, we already have, uh, speaking of we, uh, New Hampshire, we already have uh, a balanced budget, so it's Texas, North Dakota, and maybe a few other states. But I feel like the other 40-plus states may 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 have to uh, uh, submit to our Lord and Savior Obama. 
I imagine you're right on that one. Uh, thank you for the call, and I guess we'll find out over time. Colin, appreciate hearing from you tonight. 855-450-FREE. Gene, the Christian anarchist, calling from Wuhan, China. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, happy, uh, Merry, happy New Year to everybody. Hey, hey Gene. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm here in Wuhan where we had our uh, New Year's already. And you did. You guys are still facing yours. So but, it's 2013 uh, we there? Went out last night to Yeah. Yeah, we're ahead here okay. uh, about 14 hours ahead. Now, they they do a couple of different New Years in uh, in China though, right? Well, they have their Chinese New Year, which I'm not exactly sure when that is. Yeah. But yeah, they they take they New Year serious. Celebrate both of them. They're all the government offices are closed for 4 days for this holiday. Wow. And, uh, so it's a pretty big deal. So what else is going on but, out there? Uh, anyway, um Last night, we went out to see what we could see at uh, midnight, and unfortunately, there wasn't as big a celebration as I thought. I guess down by the river, uh, there's a park by the river where they would have had a bigger celebration with fireworks and all that. So what's uh, what's changed in China? You usually go there a couple times uh, a year and notice anything different? Yeah, well, um, of course, the construction is, is still big in China, but it is slowing down. Uh, they're not... Uh, doing as much construction as before. The roads are not keeping up with all the private vehicles. That's one big thing that's really changed in the last 10 years is everybody has a car now. Mm. And uh, nobody, can, you know, nobody can find a parking space. So There's some news uh, about China's tightening up on their online censorship. That news uh, just hit within the last few days. Uh, do, what kind of issues? Uh, yeah. You're using VPN over there, right? So you don't encounter that? I, did, I am using a VPN, and they're trying to uh, get around that. They're, they're interrupting the VPNs. When I first got here, mm. I would make my VPN connection, and about 20 minutes later, it would get disconnected. And um, I did hear that there were some uh, interruptions by the government over the VPN network. What is VPN? Virtual Private Network. My VPN. Virtual Private Pardon? Network allows you to create a tunnel from your existing internet service provider to something, uh, you know, perhaps over here in the U.S. Would that be accurate to say? Right. Basically, it's an encrypted tunnel of data, a data stream that goes from my computer to another server somewhere in another country. Um, the, the service that I'm using, I can connect to Hong Kong, Paris, uh, Austin, Texas, and a few other places. Mm. But... But apparently they're trying to somehow crack down on that over in China. Gene, thanks for the call tonight. Happy New Year to you as well, and uh, have a safe trip over there. Thanks for uh, making that call, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. More about prohibition, uh, where they were poisoning alcohol way back in the day. We'll continue that. Plus, a crazy ban goes into effect in mere hours. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio, podcast, satellite, webcam, and our live streams. But did you know you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere? Add this number to your phone, 213-493-0308. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Listen Lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 213-493-0308. That's 213-493-0308.
This is Free Talk Live. It's the live New Year's Eve edition of the program, and you, as always, are invited to take control of the airwaves here. 855-450-FREE, the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us online. Head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we have on the site. And those features, by the way, include our mobile site for those of you with a smartphone. And if you'd like quick access to Free Talk Live, all you have to do is go to m dot freetalklive.com that'll get you to our live streams as well as the podcast m as in mobile dot freetalklive.com bitinstant.com is the fastest safest and easiest way to acquire bitcoins bitcoins are an online currency it's peer-to-peer so it can't be really stopped because there's not one central location. It's open source, which means that anyone can go in and audit the software anytime they want. And, uh, you know, if you it, changes can be made by anyone, but they won't be adopted necessarily unless they're adopted by the whole. Um, it makes it possible for you to have, uh, well, complete control over your account. Right now, if you've got uh, your money in a bank, the bank or the government of that country, they have control over your account and you follow their rules with bitcoins. You've got control over your own money. This is an incredibly empowering thing, and it's the kind of thing that it also it allows you to uh, transfer money on the internet, um, you know, globally in virtually instantly without paying any money. This is groundbreaking, and it's going to change the world, um, in my opinion. So BitInstant uh, makes it possible for you uh, as a business owner to deposit uh, – excuse me, as, a, as an individual to deposit money at more than a million locations, including your computer at home, in more than 30 countries. Um, all you have to do is go to BitInstant.com, select how you want to fund your account and where your account is, and then make the deposit. It's that easy. BitInstant.com. It can be done in – minutes uh transferring your money from uh you know whatever your currency is to uh to bitcoins um it's bitinstant.com all right let's continue with you and your thoughts we go to matt listening in illinois you're on free talk live hey matt how are you good evening mark ian and julia how good to hear from you matt good good man any uh predictions for uh 2013 before we get to why you're calling uh predictions for 2013 um I predict that not much is going to change in 2013. Not much is going to change. The more things change, the more they remain the same. That kind of thing. I think. I think that people are going to be just as disappointed at the end of 2013 as they are at the end of this year. That not just that much has changed. All right, man. So, what were you calling about tonight? Uh, I've been um, delivering food for a uh, uh, restaurant, a local restaurant, awesome. in town uh, for the past. A few months, a couple of months since uh, middle of October, and um, something happened to me the uh, the other night that I, I wanted to relate. Oh boy! Hope it wasn't uh, a robbery. No, no. Fortunately, no. It was uh, uh, what December twenty first. That Friday, I was working. Now Fridays are our big nights for food delivery, sure. so I'm working there. Everybody every gets Friday their paycheck, so uh, they order out. Well, yeah, right, exactly. People get their paycheck and order out. And, you know, fortunately, I'm paid cash. So um, I get to keep everything that I make and spend it as I feel Mm -hmm. uh, fit to spend. But um, I was out uh, that Friday night, and I went to this uh, area in town that's pretty – it it doesn't have the – it's unincorporated. It doesn't have the lights and stuff that everything else had. So I was coming back from my delivery – and I, I saw this bright flash of light in the sky. And I looked up in the sky, and I, I saw this, this light. It looked like 
it looked like a lightning bolt, but it like froze in the sky. So it was kind of strange. I pulled over and I was looking at it and it started getting wider and wider and wider. And all of a sudden I see these, these things coming out of it that look like horses. Whoa. And yeah, it was weird. And they had these close figures riding on it and <laughs> these, they started coming out of the sky and I thought, Oh my God, you know, maybe the Mayans were right. Yeah, this, this was on the 21st, bright, you said. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, the, this other bright flash of light appeared in front of me, and this, this giant Mayan warrior was standing between my car <laughs> and these things, and he had this club in his hand. He swung the club, and he said, it was a joke. <laughs> Don't you know a joke when you see one? <laughs> and everything just disappeared, and I went on my way. <laughs> Thanks for sharing the story, man. I appreciate hearing from you. I thought he was going to say he was going to get probed. Thanks. That was good. I appreciate the call. 855-450-FREE. Other predictions for 2013 from our Facebook page. Uh, let's see. And Mike Bennett says, the end of the world. Wait, we tried that one. <laughs> Terry Ullery says, more taxes, more dependency, more government violence, less freedom, less prosperity, less honesty in the media, if that's even possible at this point. Jason Gramling says more illegal wars. So uh, some real uh, up up pr- predictions there for 2013. But I think that what he said about it not seeming much different is true because that that change is so slow. You Wait, know, what? It, not not seeming different. I'm sorry. Well, well, he said that he doesn't imagine that people will feel much different at the end of 2013, oh, right. and that's because the change is very slow. You know what I mean? Change it's to not what? something. Well, as far as all of these things that these people are mentioning right mm-hmm. so more taxes more rules yes i'm sure i'm positive that that will be the case but it's not it's something that happens very slow over the year so it's not like at the ne- the next year you really feel much different than you do right now i tend to agree i mean there I may that- be like you know the assault weapons ban which will really hit some people pretty hard but the average person will probably not really pay attention as they usually don't and few americans really seem to care about foreign wars it just doesn't really matter um you know we, we want the economy well it mattered when bush when bush was president it doesn't matter anymore it, it yeah it mattered a little back then but i don't think it matters at all now yeah your thoughts are welcome your predictions 855-450-FREE or maybe you want to talk about your new year's resolutions what is it that uh, you said you would do this year that ended up not panning out were you successful at uh, your new year's resolutions for 2012 or are you going to try all over again uh, in 2013 i think it's new year's resolutions are fine um I, you know i mean it's an opportunity a sort of arbitrary date to start something new it's a good time as any um yeah, yeah i mean you know you, you you're not going to change your life unless you change your life and uh, i mean i'd hate to think that this is the only time of the year that uh, one is willing to uh, make those changes but you know Good for good for anybody who wants to make a positive change in their life, and you know, good for any reason to go ahead and do that. So let me jump back to where we began: Slate.com and a piece about the government poisoning alcohol during Prohibition, killing what some estimate as many as ten thousand people by the time Prohibition ended in 1933. Well, what they had done was they had ordered. Uh, manufacturers to essentially start putting, and I don't know what exactly it was that they they had them put in there, P- but Piquot or something. Like no, 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 no. That was what they were uh, spraying in the seventies okay. on marijuana fields. All right, but 
let's see. They say that uh, I don't have the I don't have that part highlighted, but basically they ordered the industrial. Here you go, industrial alcohols manufactured in the United States. So like you know, rubbing alcohols, things like that, yeah. products that have alcohol in them. Well, the, the uh, kids right now are taking hand sanitizer and somehow drinking that. Right. In some cases, filtering it, and other times, just drinking it. Which is not a good idea. That sounds idea. disgusting. It's not not a, a bad idea, idea at all. Uh, but they, you know, they do that stuff in prison, right? I don't know. I never, uh, you know, I, 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 being in prison, I did not experience that. As I understand it, uh, well, they made, made hand sanitizer probably wasn't as big back in the you know the early nineties. I'd concur with jails you. as it is now. But anyway, they uh, they have ordered the government had ordered the poisoning of industrial alcohols manufactured here. Because they knew that those products were regularly stolen by bootleggers and then resold as drinkable alcohol. Mm-hmm. So that was the idea. And the saga began with ratification of the 18th Amendment, which banned the manufacture, sale, or transportation of alcoholic beverages in the United States. High-minded crusaders and anti-alcohol organizations had helped push the amendment through in 1919, playing on fears of moral decay in a country just emerging from war. The Volstead Act, spelling out the rules for enforcement, passed shortly later, and prohibition itself went into effect on January 1, 1920. But people continued to drink, and in large quantities. Alcoholism rates soared during the 1920s. Insurance companies charted the increase at more than 300 extra percent. Speakeasies promptly opened for business, and by the decade's end, some 30,000 of them existed. In New York City alone, street gangs grew into bootlegging empires built on smuggling, stealing, and manufacturing illegal alcohol. We'll continue the story in moments with the government poisoning the alcohol in this country and killing thousands of peaceful people. It's Free Talk Live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. You like your friends. You like Free Talk Live. Like your friends enough to share something you like with them. Help Free Talk Live get into more ears. Podcast listeners are the most important area of growth for Free Talk Live. Please share one episode a week on Facebook. Free Talk Live, toll-free number tonight for you, 855-450-FREE. If you want it, it's there. You may call in, talk about anything that you would like. And Free Talk Live uh, continues, well, I guess the holidays are over as of tomorrow. Some people still take tomorrow off, though, I guess. Yeah, it's usually recovery day. Recovery day. day. Uh, But we'll be here tomorrow night, of course, and every single... I want everybody to think about, um, you know, the amount of alcohol you're going to consume this evening, because when you start consuming alcohol, the one thing that you tend to not be thinking about is how you're going to feel the next day. Be prepared for how you're going to feel the next day. Consume the amount of alcohol that you want to consume based on how you're going to feel the next day and make your decisions uh, based on that. Yeah. I mean, you know, this could be this exciting, fun day for many people, could really be a very bad day. It could... Uh, you could lose your life. You could get alcohol poisoning. You could uh, drink too car much. wreck. Yeah, drink too much, get in a car. Uh, I mean, make your decisions ahead of time. Uh, you know, well, I like Julia's rule. I have a rule, and I don't always follow it, and a lot of people probably won't. then. Well, <laughs> I try to follow a guideline. it How about most that? of the time, right. sure. And most people probably won't like this rule for New Year's. They'll say it's too little. But for me, it's too or too much. And the reason why I say that is because 
If I have two drinks, I'm well aware that I've had two drinks, and I'm talking about liquor drinks, not yeah. beers. Well, generally, well, two beers are equivalent to two mm, uh, shots, Liquor hits right? you harder. I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, no. liquor hits you harder for sure. I, could, I would probably be willing to drink three beers and be the same as two liquor drinks. But anyway, if I have two drinks, I am well aware that I've had two drinks. I have a nice buzz. I, you get that social feelings that people really tend to like. Mm-hmm. But if you get into three, four drinks, you start to lose count. And yeah. that's it. It becomes very easy to drink too much, like because you're not, you no longer aware of how much you're drinking. You're just constantly a drink in your hand, and eventually it yep. catches up with you, and that's when you become a mess. Yeah. and you don't want to be a mess. It's embarrassing. Um, it is painful. In like the, morning, the next day, you get the big headache. Um, you know. I get anxiety. I I get anxiety pretty much through the whole week about, how, and I'm not somebody who really has anxiety in day to day life, but. When I drink too much, I feel so embarrassed that I could have acted like a jerk, basically, and yeah. it really bothers I've me. I've done that uh, more than one time. Yeah, I have Been too. embarrassed or acted yeah. like a jerk? Both of them. Both. Okay. I'm you know, sure I have. Because you completely, alcohol is the one drug where you completely become, you become a different person. Like, you do things that you wouldn't normally do. You act and say things that you wouldn't normally say. You know what I mean? If you were to take some LSD... You're not going to do things like that that you would on oh, alcohol. I don't know. You it just depends become, on how much LSD you take. I don't yeah. know. I think that if you took a lot of LSD, you would not be able to move really or talk much. Like if you took five hits of strong LSD, you'd just sit on the couch and trip out. I think it could change your life too. Um, you know, I'd like to. I'd like to warn kids about taking LSD this <laughs> New Year's Eve. I'm too. not suggesting that either, but I'm just saying that you don't have the same moral compass when you have too much to drink. That you do when you have too much MDMA or too much acid, you're much more likely to do things that you wouldn't normally do. And, and alcohol is just a messy, nasty yeah. drug. I don't and know it's how to so com- easy to abuse. I don't know how to compare it to other things other than it's pretty clear that it's the most violent of drugs. Uh, more people are going to be hit this evening by other people that were drunk than they're going to be struck or whatever by people who are on other drugs. Um, you know, that's just the that's the end of the story. I I understand where you're coming from, Julia, but I think that a lot of people don't use those other drugs you mentioned in a responsible manner or in responsible circumstances. So if they're new to them and they're taking a large dose, for instance, they could very well do things that they didn't intend to. Like uh, MDMA might make someone feel more accepting towards another human being that they might not normally, and they may end up in a sexual situation, perhaps. Yeah, but MDMA is not really a sexual drug, and most people... Some people say it is. Most people can't even get an erection on it. There are exceptions. So I think that it's unlikely that that would happen. I think that it's, ha- it's happened. What? What do you mean by most people can't get an erection on it? What, what kind of percentages are you talking about here? Do you Have you read this? or Most people... Or is it anecdotal? Right. This is totally anecdotal. But okay. if you go online and talk about... like Go right now. Go on Blue Light. Go to an ecstasy forum and say, Hey, how's sex on ecstasy? And 80% of the guys are going to say, I can't get a boner. I'm not interested in sex. Well, I can see where you're where you're coming from there. That doesn't mean you wouldn't end up in a situation in which something like that was attempted. Sure, but I think you're more likely to to end up in that situation alcohol. I think that's certainly true. People that's very common. I mean that more, that is very common with more alcohol. People are going to end up on their backs uh doing the uh you know the 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 monster with two backs uh this evening on alcohol than any other drug too. I'm not saying that Every other drug is perfect and no one will ever make a mistake on them or anything like that. I'm saying that with alcohol, it is much more common 
And it's kind of the nature of the drug. The only thing more dangerous, uh, according to the study in the, was it the in Britain, I, Professor Nutt's study, if I'm not mistaken, was heroin. It was heroin number one and alcohol number two, if I'm recalling correctly, as far as most dangerous. Yes. dose kind of situation or, you know, the... You know, the the, the drug that. for the individual, I guess, uh, for that single individual, alcohol is the second most dangerous drug for an individual. And almost, and no, it was number two most dangerous to society as right. well. Right. It was on, it was based on a number of factors. It was based on addiction potential, um, how many people have died from it, how it affects society, how it affects family life. It was based on a number right. of factors. A lot and of people have died from addiction, alcohol. Alcohol addiction is at, almost as serious as heroin addiction. You can die from the sure. withdrawals of alcohol addiction. I'm just thinking that the amount of people that do alcohol is so much higher. Therefore, the, the societal cost to alcohol is so much higher than heroin. I, you know, maybe, you know, this guy obviously did some science, um, but, I, I mean, 90-something, uh, 90, 90 high number percent of Americans have tried alcohol, and uh, probably, you know, inside this year, I would guess... 85 to 90 percent of Americans are going to drink alcohol. I mean, this is a this is a ubiquitous drug and it's going to the reason that people who don't drink very often tend not to drink is a societal cost. I don't think it's really even possible to quantify the hangover. The hangover, just if if that was the only thing that alcohol did, try to imagine what this thing costs society. How about yeah, in lost productivity. In lost productivity, I mean, I'm if if I've had too much alcohol the next morning, I can you barely do anything. Think. Yeah, um, I'm not even talking about a headache. I'm just talking about being fuzzy. Yep. Yeah. Let's uh, go to Will. He's in Winston Salem, North Carolina, and you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Hey, Will. Hey, guys. Um, I was just going to say, if alcohol is so bad, then why do, you know, for instance, you guys live in New Hampshire, right? Yep, that's correct. Okay, well, why why do you sell alcohol through your state government? Well, I am not part of the state, so I don't sell alcohol, but the state, you Every, know... Everyone's a part of the state. <laughs> I do not sell alcohol. That's ridiculous. Okay, I'm going to make the decision right here now as the you, state of New Hampshire to stop. You pay taxes. Uh, well, I'm going to make the decision right now as the state of New Hampshire to stop selling alcohol. <laughs> I uh, can't, can't even can't go on the alcohols. You're, you're not everybody. The state's everybody, I said. That's nonsense. What evidence do you have of that? Evidence? Your tax records? Your. I don't have tax records in New Hampshire. When you're in handcuffs, you're clearly the property of the government. That much is true. You can make that argument, sure. But to suggest that I'm part of the state would suggest that there was some sort of an agreement or consensual uh, activity going on, right? No, that doesn't mean that anything's anything's consensual. The state's not consensual. Look, the decision-making process of the state rarely, um, it, you know, maybe it has something to do with the voters. I suppose that's possible, but they've never, no one in New Hampshire has ever asked me whether or not um, to put down on a voting form to vote whether or not the state has liquor stores or not. I get to vote I can't for, even go there. I'm I get banned. to vote for a politician, but that politician has a whole bunch of different opinions. Uh, among them, certainly my highest priority well, isn't whether or not the state of... the guy you agree with. Vote for the guy you agree with. Well, there... Uh, just so you know, um, there's only usually two, maybe three people uh, for whom to choose. They have different genders, and um, you know they've they've got whatever opinion they've got on. Uh, I mean, you know, a myriad of issues. There's thousands. You don't of, agree with them on a lot of things. This, right? this individual is going to vote on maybe a thousand bills. How can I vote for the right one? Well, I mean, vote for the one you agree with. 
How am I going to know what they're going to do? That's going to that's going to protect your. When was the last time you voted for a politician you? you agreed with? What's that? When was the last time you voted for a politician you agreed with? Uh, just this last election. Which politician? Obama. Yeah. What, okay. what do you do? You like the hundred and thirty-seven kids that he killed last year? Well, I didn't even know them. No, I don't see. Care that's them. the point. You don't know anything about it. And you said you don't like he said it. He Why didn't, didn't know you them. vote? He said he didn't know them. We said no. No, I didn't even know anything about it. No, I don't know those kids. So he doesn't care. So it's okay that they're dead. Kids are threatening the government of the United States of America. <laughs> then, you know, they obviously need to die. I don't know if you're for real, but He's hang not. on. Uh, we'll bring it back no, here. because definitely uh, not. Yeah, cranking. Hang not on. even that good. 855-450-FREE, the Sakel CAI toll-free line. I don't know. Maybe he's serious. Killing seven-year-olds for, like for, for America. One eight, people, people talk like that, man. They love the government, some of them. 855-450-FREE. We'll see what Will was really calling about here in a moment. Hour three's next. It's Free Talk Live. What if the key to achieving liberty in your lifetime was to move together with others who think like you? Liberty activists are joining the Free State Project, which is over halfway to its goal of 20,000 participants. And they're already making the move to New Hampshire. The successes are piling up and are proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. From demonstrations and vigils to outreach and volunteering, there's a lot going on in Keene. Keene is also the undisputed Liberty Media capital of the world, with television, talk radio, and more, all originating here. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, free books, a forum, and activist tools you can download and use in your area at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. Talk Live, toll-free number here for you to bring up whatever you want on this live New Year's Eve edition of the program is 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Coming up, an absolutely outrageous ban that is taking effect in mere hours. And this is a ban that could affect absolutely everyone. In fact, it probably does affect absolutely everyone that lives within the town in which this ban will be enacted. We'll tell you more about that here in a moment. Uh, we're going to continue with your calls as well. And by the way, it is, at least in uh, some time zones, Tuesday at this point. So that means it's time for Twitter Tuesday. If you are a Twitterer, you may tweet at us. And that means tweeting with the at symbol and then the words Free Talk Live all run together as one word. Put that somewhere in your tweet, preferably not the first word of the tweet, because apparently if you do it as the first word, then... Some people can't see it. Some of your friends or whatever can't – it doesn't show up on their feeds. It's bad. As I understand it. But if you tweet something, something at Free Talk Live, then we'll see it. It'll pop up on our uh, our you know little radar, and we will then uh, click your profile and follow you in return. It is Twitter Tuesday uh, from now until actually the end of Tuesday, and that's over at our 
Well, I guess not on our Twitter profile. It's on your Twitter profile. If you do it, we'll follow you back. That's how it works. So 855-450-FREE. Let's go back to Will. I'm not convinced Will is a real uh, real person. I mean, he's a real person speaking into the phone, but I don't know if you're being honest with us about your belief systems. You you really uh, – you, you made it sound like you – Huh? Why don't you think I'm being honest? I don't know. It's just hard to believe somebody wouldn't care about other human human lives around. I the recognize world. your voice, so I feel like of you're course, you have called this show on more than one occasion. Lives. Of course, what? Of course, I care about human lives. Just not children. Just not children uh, from other countries. Um, not terrorist children trying to destroy human lives. <laughs> well, I- Okay, so exactly when did these 100, I think it's 100, I, I might have the number wrong, 100 plus children that have died uh, from Obama's drone campaign, exactly when did they be get uh, found guilty of terrorism? You, know, you, don't, you don't find a, a terrorist guilty of terrorism. You just you kill them without a trial. A I mean, some of, these, some of these kids are like a three and four and five years old. Well, I mean, you know, you're going to make mistakes. I'm sure some of those guys made mistakes. But... I think it's pretty good trolling here. What were you actually calling about? Alcohol. Well, I was calling about the trajectory for 2013 and how I think the outlook's pretty good. All right. Give me, a, give me an example. What do you mean? Well, first of all, there's going to be more jobs because Obama has a service nation program that youth can participate in. And, you know, they say youth are out of the job these days. They're not. There's a job waiting for them. Um, law enforcement jobs are going through the roof. Um, the prison industry is exploding. And and if you really can't be part of the prison, if you can't be a guard in the prison industry, you can, you can always be in a go cell. commit a crime and be, a, be in a cell. <laughs> There'll be three hots and a cot waiting for you there. Well, it's better than being out in the streets murdering and raping people and doing drugs. Because well, thanks for the call, man. I appreciate hearing from you. I thought, I thought the, that was a pretty good troll. The majority of people who are in prison are in for. I think it was inaccurate to call him a crank, uh, Mark. I don't think, think that's that troll. Was, I think that's a, that was a troll. I don't think he actually believed what he was saying. I don't either. Uh, but he was pretty good at responding in the kind of classic jingoistic uh, manner, pro-government manner. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. So, let's continue the story. I think that libertarians have the hardest time uh, pretending to be the, uh, the statists. Because, you know, statists truly believe it, whereas the libertarians kind of... Uh, I don't know, because a lot of libertarians used to be statists, so it's just, just you're, just cha- you're just channeling the old you. I think, it's a, I think it, you have a very difficult time doing it. I mean, you know, like the things well, that he pointed out... it's hard to say it and sound sincere. Like he was, he was the three things he pointed out as far as jobs go, and I, I don't know that I agree with the predictions of the previous callers. I don't think that the necessarily, um, you know, employment's going to go down, and I tend to uh, think that unemployment is going to decrease as time goes by, not increase mm-hmm. um, this year. And I think that this year is going to be better than uh, the last year as far as the economy goes. That's what I see, but. Um, you know the three things that he mentioned were uh, p- prison guards, <laughs> police officers, yeah. and what was the was third funny. one? The first one that he mentioned? I don't remember. I can't remember. But it was another kind of sort of a status thing. thing. Oh no, no, it was the uh, the, it was the, the job, job corps. corps. The, the 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 you know the the president's uh, you know the national service program. National is, service program, but, where, which hasn't actually started yet. So maybe he's predicting that for 2013. I don't know. Uh, it, it does seem like they've they've got something that's going on. Well, out there's there. always AmeriCorps, but the the real national service program. Has been kind of touched on and discussed over the last uh, decade. Hasn't well, I guess more like five years. Hasn't really come into fruition yet. 
So we've been talking about uh, prohibition, original alcohol prohibition, which thankfully we don't have today. There's still some remnants of it like blue laws and uh, dry counties and uh, government-run alcohol distribution. But it's not like it used to be. And so alcohol is manufactured in safe environments. But back in the day, the government was actually poisoning alcohol, the purpose of literally killing the users. Uh, or attempting to scare them into submission. Yeah, they said scare was the idea, as though dead people are scared, easily scared. But they didn't care that the people were losing their lives. It was, oh, well, you're just a, a you're, you know, you're just a souser. Or souser? Souser. 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 Anyway, the country's defiant response to the new laws shocked, this from Slate.com, shocked those who sincerely and naively believed that the amendment would usher in a new era of upright behavior. Because you can legislate morality, right? Because you can tell people by law what they should do, and they will do it every single time. Oh, wait. No, they won't. It doesn't work. It's been proven again and again and again. And I guess people don't pay attention uh, or they think that this new law, if they just write it in the right – maybe we just wrote it the wrong way. We need to put a comma here and an and over there and uh, cross out that or and then people will pay attention and really care about what we write in these laws. Well, it's funny that so many people are opposed to um, laws that enforce morality in the form of religion. But they don't see it that way when it comes to drug prohibition, for Mm. example. Rigorous enforcement had managed to slow the smuggling of alcohol from Canada and other countries, but crime syndicates responded by stealing massive quantities of industrial alcohol used in paints and solvents, fuels and medical supplies. I could never believe that um, somehow they could prevent alcohol from being moved from Canada or Mexico. I never, never understood this. I mean, try to try to consider a hundred years ago. Stopping alcohol from coming from Canada or Mexico. I mean, as a Canadian, well, they slowed it, but that's about it. As a Canadian, you could, uh, you know, you could travel all across your country with yeah. alcohol, as much alcohol as you wanted. Um, so you could pick, you know, let's go in through Alberta, mm-hmm. um, and. I mean, the amount of roads there must have been at this time when there were actually towns that were split by these lines, how they could have figured out who was coming where. I mean, little back roads and things like this. I just couldn't imagine. And then Mexico. I mean, these are these are highly unpopulated areas. I mean, were they catching them coming into the cities or something like that? I couldn't tell you. I mean, it just it just doesn't make any sense to me. Well, you know, they're going to make some busts just like they do today. And the borders, you know, there's still people coming through. I mean, they're going to tout as much as they possibly can to make it look like they're having an impact. And historians will believe them, I'm sure. But you never can tell how much is coming through otherwise. All you ever can get a pulse on is the amount that you bust, right? So you can only extrapolate the total amount coming through based on what you busted, which, of course, any amount above what you busted is pure speculation, Maybe it's 10 times the amount. Maybe it's 20 times. Maybe it's 100 times the amount. It you would, have no clue. It would seem like the smart bootlegger would uh, you know, be just – it would be incredibly wealthy um, and impossible to catch. I mean sliding through places in New Mexico and Arizona 100 sure. years ago. I mean we're not talking about uh, you know, populated areas like they are today. Yeah. 100 years ago just sliding through, it would be no, dif- no difficulty getting into the United States and then finding some – you know, let's meet up 100 miles west of Chicago. I'll meet up with you and drop something off in in Edgington, um, Illinois. Well, I think that you're you have a point about getting it into the country for sure. But there were less roads then. You know what I yeah. mean? That and the cars were only able to. They weren't. They were really you couldn't ripped. go off road. That's for right. Sure, exactly. Very so there were less roads back then. So you pretty much had to go through the main cities. And I think in a lot of cases, um, like other 
other gangs basically would be waiting for you. It's quite possible. So they were stealing uh, alcohol from industry. And then they would use that, uh, you know, what they would normally use in paints and solvents and such, and then redistill that. The criminals would redistill it to make mm-hmm. it uh, potable. And then we'll continue with more of the story here in a bo- in just a moment. 855-450-FREE. As we get closer to midnight Eastern time, we're here with you live. 855-450-FREE. SACL CAI toll-free line. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want here. Toll free at 855-450-FREE. SACL CAI toll free line. Join us online. Head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that you'll find on our website. Once again, freetalklive.com. Live New Year's Eve edition of the program. We've been talking about prohibition, which is kind of relevant to tonight, considering a lot of people are imbibing alcohol and are doing it without concern for their health. Because, uh, I mean, they still should be concerned because you can still poison yourself if you drink too much of it. But back in the day during Prohibition, if you were acquiring alcohol through illegal sources, as most people who were drinking were, uh, there was a chance that you could get some bad bathtub gin and could hurt yourself or possibly end up dead. In the case of about 10,000 individuals in this country, they died because of poisoned alcohol and they were poisoned at the behest of the U.S. federal government. That's the story that Slate.com is telling and we're sharing with you. So they're talking about how crime syndicates were stealing massive amounts of industrial alcohol. And industrial alcohol is basically grain alcohol, says Slate, with some unpleasant chemicals mixed in to render it undrinkable. The U.S. government started regulating, or excuse me, requiring this denaturing process in 1906 for manufacturers who wanted to avoid the taxes levied on potable spirits. The U.S. Treasury Department, charged with overseeing alcohol enforcement, estimated that by the mid-1920s, some 60 million gallons of industrial alcohol were stolen annually to supply the country's drinkers. In response, in 1926, President Calvin Coolidge's government decided to turn to chemistry as an enforcement tool. Some 70 denaturing formulas existed by the 1920s. Most simply added poisonous methyl alcohol into the mix. Others used bitter-tasting compounds that were less lethal, designed to make the alcohol taste so awful that it became undrinkable. Mm. To sell the stolen industrial alcohol, the liquor syndicates employed chemists to renature the products, returning <laughs> them to a drinkable state. The bootleggers paid their chemists a lot more than the government did, and they excelled at their job. Stolen and redistilled alcohol became the primary source of liquor in the country. So federal officials ordered manufacturers to make their products far more deadly. By 1927, the new denaturing formulas included some notable poisons, kerosene and brucine, a plant alkaloid closely related to strychnine, gasoline, benzene, cadmium, iodine, zinc, mercury, salt, nicotine, ether, formaldehyde, chloroform, camphor, carbonic acid, quinine, and acetone. And now this is uh, the nature of the black market. In the black market, people are just looking around for, give me some liquor. And it's different than a situation where, you know, today where you go to a liquor store and you look around for whatever it is that... Uh, whatever version of liquor you Version want. you're looking for. I mean, try to imagine for a second, you know, pick your, your version of alcohol, Grey Goose. Mm-hmm. Um, try to imagine Grey Goose vodka, which has spent... 
you know, millions, untold millions of dollars uh, marketing itself in order to appear as though it's uh, so much much better than the rest of the vodkas when I think vodkas are almost entirely taste the same. But, you know, maybe I have like the whipped cream ones and things like that. Well, there's there's different flavors in them. I'm a vodka person. That's my drink of choice. And I definitely have a brand preference. It's actually not Grey Goose, but... um, and I'm willing to go down to a certain notch, but I'm not willing to buy the eight ninety nine plastic bottle one. You know, I think I, that tastes worse. I'd be interested in seeing a taste test. A blind of, test. Of, a yeah. blind test sure. of these things. Now, I don't drink it straight, so that would right. be kind of hard. Well, that's really the only way you're going to know. Um, and it's, you know, a, a lot of it's in the labeling. But it doesn't really matter. Can you imagine Grey Goose for a second putting kerosene or strychnine in their, no, um, of course not. In their liquor? Well, why would uh, these people do it? Well, because they have no brand to... Well, no, 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 no. It's the uh, industrial suppliers that are adding this stuff to their their product. Well, yeah. In case that wasn't made clear. Well, no, the, not- the, the, chemist, the chemists are re-naturing uh, uh, it, though, with all kinds of different products to, to make it drinkable again. Well, it no, was no, no, denatured no. and then renatured, right? No, no. Uh, yes. Okay. Yes and no. It was denatured, and then they would renature it to make it drinkable again. So the government started demanding that these industrial manufacturers... Um, make it more deadly. Put more of these denaturing products in it. Make it more difficult to renature it. Okay, I thought so. The, it's the industrial the... manufacturers who are adding the gasoline, benzene, cadmium. No, it's iodine, the government. The, the the industrial manufacturers are only doing at what the they said. The behest of the government, right? But they're not selling to drinkers. They're selling to you know manufacturers and suppliers and things like that. So is it clear what's happening? I guess. Um, you know, I mean, I, that's not what I got from it, but okay. Okay, so I'll just go back over it real quick. Federal officials ordered manufacturers to make their products far more deadly due to the fact that the bootleggers were successfully okay. renaturing the alcohol right. at one point. Then by mid-1927, the new denaturing formulas included notable poisons like kerosene and brucine okay. and then the rest of that So list. the new denaturing formulas had this kerosene and, um, and strychnine in it. Correct, and the denaturing formulas were what the government was forcing these companies no. to— de- the- Okay, denatured, renatured. The okay, the, the denatured okay. formulas. They're adding these formulas to make it more difficult for them to renature it for the I crooks gotcha. to okay. renature the alcohol. I see where I went wrong. Uh, so now that we're clear on that, let's move on here. The Treasury Department also demanded more methyl alcohol be added up to ten percent of the total product. It was the last that proved most deadly. The results were immediate, starting with that horrific holiday body count in the closing days of 1926. Public health officials responded with shock. The government knows it's not stopping drinking by putting poison in alcohol, said the New York City medical examiner at a hastily organized press conference. Yet it continues its poisoning processes, heedless of the fact that people determined to drink are daily absorbing that poison. Knowing this to be true, the United States government must be charged with the moral responsibility for the deaths that poison liquor causes, although it cannot be held legally responsible. Yep. So there's your uh, your answer. Of course, uh, morally they're responsible, but legally it's completely legal That's when they what, say uh, to kill you know, people. Working for the state means you never have to say you're sorry. His department issued warnings to citizens detailing the dangers in whiskey circulating in the city, saying that practically all the liquor that's sold in New York today is toxic. Read one nineteen twenty eight well, alert. That's what they want you to say, right? He <laughs> that's what the government wanted them to say. He publicized every death by alcohol poisoning, assigned his toxicologist Alexander Gettler to analyze confiscated whiskey for poisons. That long list of toxic materials cited earlier came in part from studies done by the New York City Medical Examiner's Office. Norris also condemned the federal program for its disproportionate effect on the country's poorest residents. Wealthy people, he pointed out, could afford the best whiskey available. Because, 
you know, if you're buying the cheap stuff, they go over this in Boardwalk Empire where there's, you know, a lot of the, the watered down whiskey that's out there is obviously available to anybody, but the wealthy are willing to pay top dollar for some kind of smuggled still bottle. Are. Yeah, you know, some smuggled bottle straight from the UK or Canada or whatever that's still intact with, you know, the original labeling and all that. Well, they all, all of the politicians and the gangsters that are in the show, they always have very nice bottles of liquor. In their offices. Yep. So most of the people sickened and dying were those who cannot afford expensive protection and deal in low-grade stuff. And the numbers were not trivial. In 1926, in New York City, 1,200 were sickened by poisonous alcohol and 400 died. The following year, deaths climbed to 700. These numbers were repeated in cities around the country as public health officials nationwide joined in the angry clamor. Furious anti-prohibition legislators pushed for halt in the use of lethal chemistry. Only one possessing the instincts of a wild beast would desire to kill or make blind the man who takes a drink of liquor, even if he purchased it from one violating the prohibition statutes, proclaimed Senator James Reed of Missouri at the time. Officially, the special program ended only once the 18th Amendment was repealed in December of 1933, but the chemist's war itself had faded away before then. Slowly, government officials quit talking about it, and when Prohibition ended and good grain whiskey reappeared, it was almost as if the craziness of Prohibition had never happened. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever you want here. It is the live New Year's Eve edition of the program, and the toll-free number is 1-855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. With you tonight, it's Ian. And Julia. And Mark. We've been talking about prohibition uh, throughout the night here tonight, and we're going to continue that discussion because there's something new that's going to be prohibited in a town in Massachusetts. Julia has the shocking news uh, for us on that, but first... You've been hearing about Bitcoins here on Free Talk Live for for quite some time. The number of people using them around the world is exploding, and it really is. The numbers are are skyrocketing. And if you've got a business and you want to accept Bitcoins but don't know how, you're in luck. BitPay has made it easy for you. Thanks to BitPay, there's now an easy way for any website, charity, or retail store store to accept Bitcoins and have them instantly converted into cash, deposited right into your bank account. The fees are much lower than credit cards, and there's no risk of a chargeback or fraud. Visit BitPay.com and get started. It's BitPay.com. There's actually a story over at uh, FreeTalkLive.com, second story from the top as we speak. Bitcoin to be regulated in 2013 as submitted by Lounge Daddy. Sounds kind of fear-mongering. Yeah, I, I don't believe it for a second. I haven't had the time to uh, take a look at it, and I don't see that happening. What they might try to do is regulate... Uh, some of the companies that are dealing with bitcoins, but ultimately Bitcoin itself, there's no way that the government could possibly regulate that. It's totally decentralized. It is something that is out of their grasp. There's no central office for Bitcoin. There's no location they can go to to physically raid or somehow stop the executives because there are no executives. <laughs> there is no Bitcoin corporation. Yeah, I don't see it it's, either. It's an open source thing, but that doesn't mean they couldn't go after you know some company that is uh, dealing with it, like the bank over in France that has begun taking Bitcoins or something. I've heard rumor about yeah. this. I don't know if it's true, but you know, they, that would be possible to regulate because then you've got a business entity existing in a physical space subject to some government's jurisdiction to their mind that would be their their only way to do it that wouldn't be regulating bitcoin it would be attempting to control the kind of the ends of bitcoin which 
It's not good. Not a good thing if it happens. We'll keep our eyes on that news. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm time develops. I would hate to see something like that happen. But one thing they can regulate is what you or they try at least. They failed during alcohol prohibition, and it'll be interesting to see to what extent they fail in Concord, Massachusetts. Julia, you've got a story about a ban going into effect here in mere hours, uh, probably at the stroke of midnight tonight. January first is when this begins. What? Are they banning? Yes. So this is from the Boston Globe. Concord prepares for ban on single-serving water bottles. Single-serving plastic water bottles will soon be stripped from the shelves of stores, restaurants, and vending machines in Concord as businesses prepare for the town's ban on the sale of such containers, which takes effect on Tuesday. With its town meeting vote last spring, Concord apparently became the first community in the nation to outlaw the bottles in an effort to improve the environment. But now, off- this has been coming down the pipe for some time. There has been a lot of talk about this. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, this is so irritating to me. I, I mean, when I travel, I always buy a bottle of water on the road because it's convenient. I've got a pack convenient. of them in my car. So, I don't know. Um, anyway, with its town meeting, uh, they'll be the first community with op- opposition is mounting among some residents, business owners, and the bottled water industry. Some residents are preparing to submit a citizen's petition for the upcoming town meeting in April that would seek to they care about that. <laughs> the law. Yep. As a mother of three kids, I'm in favor of banning assault weapons, not harmless water, which kind of is irritating because... You know, if everybody just get everybody has their opinion on right. what should be a band, right? And we're all right about it. Well, oh, lady, me. you already live in Massachusetts. <laughs> Rest assured, assault weapons are pretty much banned. <laughs> you win. <laughs> and of an- course, people can still smuggle weapons in, just as they will probably be smuggling water bottles around town as well. Once the new bylaw takes effect in the new year, plastic water bottles one it's liter not a law, or it's less. It's a bylaw. What is that? I don't know. Some little legalese. Go look it up. Grab your legal dictionaries, everyone. Oh, you don't have one? Too bad. Ignorance of the law is no excuse. I know that's a maxim that was created in the 12th century back when uh, common law was very simple and the average individual would uh, know whether they were aggressing against somebody else. And that's why they said that ignorance of the law is no excuse. But today, when there's more laws than an individual can read in four lifetimes, the maxim still stands. Well, make sure you go and get yourself your legal dictionary, which only costs you, uh, I don't know, 50 bucks or something like that. Everybody's got one on their bookshelf, right? No. No. There's the internet. You really can't find legal uh, definitions very easily on the internet. The current versions of uh, Black's Law Dictionary and Bouvier's or whatever ones are currently out there. I know Black's is is being updated. Uh, But the current uh, current versions of those are not available digitally. You would have to subscribe to Black's website in order to to have access to Mm -hmm. their definitions online. There's an old version of Black's that uh, has been released due to the fact that the copyright has expired on it from the late 1800s. You can acquire legal definitions from back then, but those definitions have changed uh, some of them in sure. the last hundred years. Gotta, we got to change those things. Can't keep them the same. Once the new bylaw takes effect in the new year, plastic bottles one liter or less cannot be sold in Concord. Even six packs or cases of individual bottles cannot be sold. Wow. For the average Concord citizen, Damn. this is a really small change, said Jill Appel, one of the bylaws proponents. The intent of this is to start small changing change. habits and start getting back to the tap. <laughs> now... So I have a comment about that. I have a plastic water bottle that is for the purpose of filling it up and bringing it around. 
But it's kind of a pain in the butt to clean because they're usually not dishwasher safe. Mm-hmm. And nah, then so, throw it away. so water just sits in it. It gets funky. After and it gets a while. funky. Yeah. And so it's kind of like I, I like if I'm traveling the freshness of water bottles because I don't really want to drink water that's been sitting there. You have to drink Sunkissed now. Well, well, right, yeah, so totally fine, apparently, under this law. Water to, with sugar in it right, is okay. <laughs> drink a carbonated beverage, have some alcohol, but you can't drink water from a bottle, a plastic bottle. Is it so just drink plastic the water or glass the, included? It doesn't just cl- plastic. Okay. It doesn't claim that you can't drink water from a plastic bottle. You just can't sell single-serving bottles. Right. So you can have a oh, water bottle. you can bottle. possess it? You can possess it. And I think that it's better if you're going to drag water around like, you know, I do. And my wife, is, uh, you know, my wife always makes sure that we got water in case we're marooned or something. Um, you know, is to have some kind of other device. And she's always concerned about these BPHs or something. I'm, I don't know. BPAs. Some, yeah, whatever they are, the um, evil plastic poisons are yeah, going to leach into your water. Whatever it is. And, uh, you know, I mean, if somebody says that that stuff's out there, then why not get the bo- the pl- type of plastic that doesn't have it? I don't know. But but I'm just saying, like, I've tried to do this in the past, and for me, it just doesn't work out because, like, in situations where I'm at home, I have a cup that I use, or at work, I have a cup that I use that I just rinse out and fill sure. up. So that's, I used filtered water from the tap at, at those places. But if I'm traveling... I've found over the years that I fill the bottle up, then it just gets left in the car yep. or something like that. Stays there. And then I have to clean it out, and it's kind of a pain in the butt to clean out, and it kind of just stays smelly. And You don't so, want to clean out one of those things. Right, yeah, I just I enjoy, work. if I'm traveling, I like getting a new, fresh water bottle. There's no there's no excuse for this. It doesn't matter, uh, you know, when it comes down to it. I want a water, I want water in a 12-ounce bottle. I don't want to buy it in a gallon bottle. And who are these people that suggest that, uh, you know, that it should be otherwise and i also apparently people that uh, are totally okay with people buying water in glass bottles because well apparently that's not bad for the environment to throw away a bunch of glass bottles is that i don't know i don't think that they're going to sell water in glass well, bottles well the funny How thing about perrier Perrier the, is fancy, the fancier water is sold in glass bottles. Perrier has plastic bottles, too. And Perrier is a mineral water, which I suspect probably isn't going to count in the same way. But go into any... It contains something. Okay, well, we don't have those details on what they're defining water right. as. I want to know, I mean, what if they put a little spritz of lemon in it um, yeah. that's d- undetectable? <laughs> like, what about vitamin waters and things right. like that? Yeah. I'm sure that the vitamin waters are going to fly. Uh, I mean, you know, if they add one thing to this water, is it no longer, I mean, you know, but it's not worth it, worth doing for Concord frickin' Massachusetts. I, I mean, you know, I mean, here's to a... To change your manufacturing process Here's for a that? pimple yeah. on the butt of America. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, how many people live in Concord, Massachusetts? It's not that big. It made it sound like it was a town when they said town meeting. Yeah. Yeah. So stand by. We'll continue this discussion here in moments. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You take control. Even in the remaining moments of this final edition of Free Talk Live for 2012, New Year's Eve live edition. We'll continue. This is Free Talk Live. 855-450-FREE. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. It's my firm belief that Free Talk Live's AMP program is the best use of your charitable dollar among liberty-oriented organizations. Support all the organizations you love. But make sure you give five bucks a month to AMP at amp.freetalklive.com.
This is Free Talk Live. Bring up what you want, toll-free at 855-453-SACL-CAI, SACL CAI toll free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com, and you can enjoy all the features completely free. So once again, freetalklive.com, live, New Year's Eve edition of the show. Of course, February, uh, January 1st means new laws going into effect all across the country, and of Naturally, you've received facts of every single one of those new laws that affects your area, and you will be poring over them this evening to make sure that you are in compliance when you wake up tomorrow. That sounds like a good way to spend your New Year's Eve. <laughs> Yay. No, you won't. Of course not. Nobody reads these things. No one has any idea what new laws are being passed, except for the very occasional one that makes it into the news that might then make it somehow across your vision or your ears. And this is one of them. It's Concord, Massachusetts, banning the sale of all... What kind of water? We just dug um, up the details It was this. non-carbonated, non-flavored water. So just standard issue water. So a regular bottled water... Going to be banned for sale in Concord, Massachusetts as of tomorrow, as of a few hours from now. But if you've got a glass bottle, if your water is the fancy water, because the, the fancy imported waters, you've seen these things, right? Maybe you've been in a hotel room or at some uh, convenience store and you've noticed there's like a $5 bottle of water there and it's in glass. Uh, you can get this stuff. Uh, apparently, you'll still be able to buy those in Concord. That's fine. Uh, well, I don't but, know about the mineral water. Um, I mean, that doesn't necessarily fit into the flavored or isn't it carbonated, carbonated. though? No, not 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 all the time. Some of it is, but there's there's water that's you know non carbonated mineral water out there. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether this will fit into the. Do they or sell not. those in plastic bottles? The mineral yes, water. Yes, um, they do, and uh, they have flavored versions and non flavored versions. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is you know I mean this is a stupid thing to do because when the average person pulls over at the convenience store and they want to get a beverage that you know they want to get water. Right. Just, I don't want to get soda. I don't ever want to get soda. But what you're going to do in Concord, Massachusetts, if you do, you're just going to grab some, you know, mildly flavored water now. Right. Um, and so all they've the done, shelves. all they've done is made this, you know, this sort of difficult for people. You're not going to go in with a plastic, with a with a get a paper cup full of tap water to yeah. drive around in your car. <laughs> I mean, it's just stupid. Well, there's a local business owner in here who says that when her business, who sells single serving. Uh, bottles to drink she says when they run out of water even though they offer free tap water everybody else just buys other drinks in a bottle yeah because People that's what they're looking want, for they, they they want the container so they've actually launched a program here i was looking at there's only really there's only two uh versions of this story online that i can see there's the boston globe one that you've got julia there's another one from the, the patch the concord patch and again we're talking about concord new hampshire or excuse me concord massachusetts which is near boston as i understand it mm-hmm. Uh, but their story, there's there's the original story from back when it was passed, and they show this audience full of people raising their hands and voting on this, and of course they interview the business owners, and then there's the updated one here, and they rec- they uh, they link over to a website called Concord on Tap, and the website is ConcordConserves.org, where basically they're trying to sell the idea of tap water to people, and they point out that it's a lot cheaper, and they're right about that. Yep. I mean, tap water is a hell of a lot cheaper. Some than, places than tap water's water. um, you know just as good as bottled water, if not better. But it's not convenient in a lot of cases, right? As you pointed out. But in some places, tap water, like I can think of a specific city that I go to often on the weekends, Southbridge, Massachusetts, and their tap water is disgusting Awful. and it is not drinkable. So I wonder what it's like in Concord, Massachusetts. Yeah. 
Well, they brag about how highly regulated it is by the EPA and that they're constantly testing their system and that that's got nothing to do with be, taste. Problems will be detected as soon as possible, and they're really trying to pitch people. But if it was really that good of a deal for people to buy to use the tap water, they would use it, and a lot of people do. Like you know, I don't. If I open up a bottle of water, I have bottles of water here, and when I go somewhere, I always want to have one with me. But I'll refill that two or three times usually before I'll throw it out because, like you said, you know, it will get funky over time, and I don't like that. So I'll, I'll use it a few times. So I get more than one use out of the, the bottles that I use because I don't want to just go through dollar bottles. You know, I don't want to be spending that kind of well, money on water. And most of the people that are really loud about the environment, which it's definitely debatable as to how uh, bad plastic is for the environment, but that's a whole other issue. Mm. Anybody who's really loud about that, um, they don't buy it, I presume, right? So if you don't want to buy it, if you have a problem with this, then don't buy it. But don't yeah. tell everybody else that they can't buy it, too. Well, I wonder what the penalty is. One of the things we were looking for during the breaks, try to pull up the actual it's law. It's $25, the first infraction, and then $50 after that if you yeah. get caught. If, if you're selling it. If selling it. And, and you know, maybe maybe it's worth, um, you know, continuing to sell it at $50 a day. Uh, but... Um, uh, you know, if if this is what they wanted to do, if they wanted, if they're worried about the plastic bottles, put a deposit on the plastic bottles. I mean, you know, make make something like that. Uh, Meaning you know, the, that you could turn them back in for could turn them. Cash. You could you could you know, it, it costs money to buy a plastic bottle. You get that money back when you return it. In the same way that glass bottles used to work in the past. I'm not recommending this this yeah. process. But if that's what you wanted to do, there's a better way to do it than just banning water. I mean, with the fattening of America out there, do we really want to propagate soda flavored waters and yeah. soda and stuff? That's the other thing that's stupid about this is that the same people, the same politicians who are doing this are the people that cry that there's an obesity problem mm-hmm. and there's a diabetes problem. And what causes that? Sugar is a humongous proponent yeah, of that. And Americans think, drink a lot of sugary yes, drinks. Yes, they do. When I was younger, I mean, this bottled water phenomenon is relatively new. Right. I, I don't remember in um, you know 1989 when I disappeared from circulation for nearly a decade, um, there being that many bottles of water sold in individual. Individual, uh, I don't recall it from being a kid, and you know maybe I just wasn't looking. I could be wrong, but when I uh, you know I would reappear in circulation in 1998, suddenly there's water everywhere. I mean Pepsi's selling water and Coke selling true. water, and Dasani's so, a Coke brand. I think it, I, yes. I thought Dasani was Pepsi, but whatever. It doesn't really matter. One of them is um, yeah. you know it's it's whatever it is. And, you know, th- this is a good thing, I would think. People being hydrated and drinking more water. It's totally good for me. It's one of the best things you could possibly put in your body. It's absolutely outrageous this is going on. If I lived in Concord, Massachusetts, I would go to the next city council meeting with a chest full of water and just start handing them out to people. <laughs> just giving them away. And would they be able to charge me for that? It sounds to me like, right. It sounds to me like this is only applying to people who are selling them. What if I uh, sell something else and give away a free bottle of water with that? What if I sell you a pencil for uh, for a dollar and give you a free bottle of water? There you go. I don't know. Can I do that? I would I would do things like this if I were in Massachusetts, just to well, have fun with it. I don't think that you could you could do that on the street corner, but if you were going to go to the town meeting, you're just going to have to hand out. You're going to have to have people with you yeah. handing out bottles of water um, in order to uh, you know be successful. <laughs> Let's go to Sam. He's listening in Texas. Uh, Happy New Year's Eve, Sam. Hey, good evening, you guys. 
So I've got a uh, quick prediction about 2013. I think in the next few months, the establishment will attack Bitcoin. And just like uh, has happened with gun sales, it will drive interest way up. It will drive the mm. price way up. And uh, it'll be pretty visible. And speaking of which, I was at a uh, sporting goods store today out here in the country. And there were four clerks behind the counter. But because of all this Obama stuff trying to go after guns, uh, there were lines two and three people deep for yeah. each one of those clerks. Yeah. Wow, and man. At a normal, gun store. The, the normal 100,000 probably rounds that they normally carry were probably dwindled down to about 20,000. Yeah, I've heard that uh, it's really difficult to uh, – ammunition is really difficult to get a hold of right now. Um, obviously, you know, clips and things like that. ManVentureOutpost.com has uh, clips too. Um, and it's it's difficult to get these things right now. AR-15s are flying off the shelves. Well, yeah, people are afraid that they're going to get banned uh, this coming year. Legitimately. And also people that want to profit by buying the magazines and, and reselling. selling them for 150 bucks later. Yep. So for, for all the city slickers out there who uh, – can't ring in the new year. I've got something for y'all. Hold on. Damn. <laughs> what was that? I hope What's you're not that? shooting in the air. What was that? A rocket? Damn. Nice. Good times, man. We haven't had someone call this show and fire weaponry in years. I think the last time was some sometime down in Florida. It's been a long time. Where some guys called uh, allegedly out in the woods uh, and just fired off some guns. Well, I, I just long. shot out the back door. I opened it first. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good night. You guys Thanks, Sam. Year. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, bad idea to shoot in the air. Yeah, Real don't bad. shoot in the air. Um, you know, shoot into the ground if you're going to shoot. Uh, you know, do, do it at an angle. Shoot into a mm-hmm. berm. Those are the, the ways to do it. I mean, certainly there's always, when you're firing little lead projectiles around, there's always a chance for, for danger. And um, I mean, think I, I think I saw a story of an eight-year-old with a machine gun that uh, managed to kill himself uh, because his dad let him f- fire a machine gun. It seems like a terrible idea to me. But, um, you know, you got to be careful of these things. So I posted the link to this Concord uh, water bottle ban story over at our Twitter and Facebook for you to dig in a little bit further. Maybe some of the Liberty people down in Massachusetts will take action on this. It would be interesting to see uh, people like going and selling water bottles to their friends right at the city council meeting openly. I think that'd be cool. Anyway, it's been Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. See you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Happy New Year. Be safe. Hi, I'm Derek J. To me, an activist's calling is to actively work to advance a cause. The cause for which I work is personal freedom. I believe my life is best when I engage in voluntary interactions and self-government. I reject the idea that anyone else has a higher claim to my life or my body than I do. I see people who call themselves the government as a threat to my personal freedom. I realize you may feel differently, but my relationship with the people who call themselves the government is completely involuntary. If Starbucks used some of its money to drop bombs, I wouldn't shop there. So why would I support the American empire? The Empire does not require my consent. Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree. Available now free in HD. See it now at victimlesscrimespree.com.